Hello and welcome to the back page of Video Games Podcast. I'm Samuel Roberts and I'm joined as ever by Matthew Castle. Hello. Matthew, this episode marks the debut of our theme tune. Oh. Yeah, it finally, <laughs> it finally happened. Uh, composed by Paradise Killer uh, composer uh, Barry Topping, very kindly. Um, we commissioned that uh, from him and it's a t- terrific Phoenix Wright inspired work, I would say. Um, <laughs> So yeah, basically, like um, for for people listening at home, we decided to go legit and stop using uh, unlicensed music all the time. We'll still use like little bits in like the um, breaks between sections, but uh, we kind of wanted to uh, to sort of have a, our own little theme tune for a while. But um, I mean, I knew obviously Barry is extremely talented, but it turned out better than I could ever have hoped. Really, what did you think of it? I'm still kind of like a sort of peasant looking up at some gods who can make music. I have no idea how people make music. I can't even begin to comprehend putting (laughs) together a tune. So, yeah, hearing something from nothing based on our (laughs) muddled notes is, uh, was, yeah, really awesome. Basically sent over like four or five completely unrelated Phoenix Wright (laughs) tracks and said something a bit like this. (laughs) And that was kind of, uh, that was our... uh, our, um, our commissioning skills at work there so maybe maybe it says a lot about how we ran magazines i don't know but um it made me think whenever i'm kicking off about how bad theme tunes are in all the marvel films now i sort of understand it's quite hard to explain what you want musically because if you could explain it it would just be the tune wouldn't it you're like i want it to go like this (laughs) it's like it needs to sort of be like this (laughs) yeah so um shall we play the full version of it at the end of the um yeah, because uh, so. yeah, from now on, we'll basically cut it in half. So you'll hear the first half at the start and then the second half at the end. And that'll be a nice little bookend. That's kind of what we commissioned. There's a few stings as well that um, Barry threw in too. So you might hear those periodically. And it's perfect to have a Phoenix Wright inspired kind of like uh, tune to kick off our latest edition of Games Court, Matthew. I feel like yes. that's thematically perfect. So this is our first Games Court episode of 2022. Um, it's been a while since we did one of these. Our listeners buy secondhand games, and Judge Matthew Castle decides whether they live or die on Matthew Castle Island, a kind of uh, people's republic, as it were. Um, <laughs> it's a matter of taste versus money spent, and that's what the judgments, uh, the verdicts are made on. And sometimes it's all just down to the whims of a Colonel Kerstel <laughs> judge who hates Sonic games and um, obeys no real rule set. So. <laughs> Matthew, I do want to ask you about Games Court, but first of all, I think I need to check in with you on Elden Ring, because this is a persistent obsession of ours, so how has it been going for you since we recorded our Two Large Men Play Elden Ring episode? Very well. I think I, I've I've taken out my second big boss. Oh, nice. Much easier than the first one. Um, oh. I don't know if that's just because I'm clicking with the game, or... I've leveled up or I'd leveled up in a particular direction that was good against this particular boss. It was, without spoiling it, a little bit more gimmicky than the first boss. If, if, if the kind of stuff in Stormvale Castle is more of a straight up fight, the next one had a sort of a, a slight sort of almost puzzle-ish element to it. And then a, a more straight up slog. Me and my ghostly Godric soldiers who I can summon are now such a unbeatable tag team. I actually sort of begin to feel sorry for anything that gets sort of stuck between us. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's going well. Well, enjoy those lads before they inevitably get patched um, as well. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so I haven't actually got that summoned yet. Are they stronger than the skelly lads who uh, you get early on? I think so, yeah. It's more that like one of them, one of them shoots from afar and the other one uses a sword and people just don't know which one to focus on. Oh, yeah, that's, de- that's definitely bullshit. Um, so they almost feel like two summons and they're also pretty hardy 
They well, they are available in the first area. I should I should add. Yeah, I did go looking them up after you um you tweeted about how you were bullying bosses, um, but then struggling <laughs> with regular enemies in between when you couldn't yeah, summon when, them. I, yeah, but I've become so reliant on them. If I'm in an area where you can't summon them, which is most of the map, admittedly, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just absolutely screwed. But the second I see that little symbol pop up, it's like, well, you know. Party time! No one's going to be able to deal with me now because <laughs> here come uh, me and my little Godric squad. Yeah, I'm sort of in the first. So I've actually come to the doors of I think you called it uh, Elden Ring Hogwarts on Twitter, yeah. which is um, accurate. Um, <laughs> so I'm kind of I'm outside the door and I've got this little map that kind of sends you on this little quest to get some kind of key to open the door. So oh, okay, um, uh, that's I'm like about I don't know probably three or so hours behind you or something like that in progress. So. Um, yeah, but I do like that uh, swampy kind of um, foggy area. That's very nice contrast to the um, rest of the game. Also, I did kind of learn the game is a lot bigger than I thought it was, and I got teleported somewhere. I won't ruin it, but it's so it was so rad. <laughs> uh, it was so <laughs> gigantic uh, a place. It it was quite overwhelming, and it was. I just kind of like. Um, I can just see now this game is a lot bigger than I thought it was when I was looking at a, a, a map originally, which I thought was the entire world, and it's I don't think it is to be honest. So I, I've, I've not actually seen a picture of the world map, so mm. I've I'm, I'm still kind of like surprised every time it opens up. I've got a faint feeling for, of like how it's shaped and how it sort of functions, but yeah, there's definitely um, like tears to the map. I think. Yeah, I went to uh, Morn Castle, did that that old business. Um, oh, yeah, that's good. Found the sort of like um, walking mausoleum lad. Um, oh, found yeah. the trapped pot lad. Um, gave him a whack in the ass to get him out of the thing. <laughs> um, yep, good stuff. Uh, just a great game, isn't it? Really, really good. Um, oh, really good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, re- I'm super into it. To the point where I actually sort of resent everything that takes me away from it. Including um, this podcast. <laughs> including this podcast, work, seeing family. Yeah, the works. <laughs> yeah, I was. I played twenty four hours of it in seven days, and that is like an extraordinary amount of time when you think about it. And you've played even more than that, so um, yeah, yeah, you are you are indeed my friend. But um, exciting times. We've um, we've briefly discussed the idea of revisiting Elden Ring if and when we finally finish it. Maybe like do two giant men finish Elden Ring as an episode <laughs> um, again, starting with the title first, working backwards. Um, <laughs> It's good stuff. But here, Matthew, we've come back to another games court. I was looking it up, right? It's um, It's been five months since we've done one of these. The last okay. one was in early October. That was a listener's game games court episode. Um, for those who are relatively new to the podcast, had about a thousand or so new listeners since then um, this year as a result of the Game of the Year episode, which was quite popular. Nice. Um, there's like, uh, people might have missed these. So basically, early, I think it was at some point in 2020, I did um, Games Court where I put all the stuff I bought during the pandemic on trial and Matthew had to decide whether me hoarding some like some bullshit and some good like DS games and like 360 and PS3 games um, warranted me being put to death or not. Um, and then like we revisited that idea when I'd somehow managed to buy more games throughout last year. And then we did a listener edition where uh, listeners' purchases were put on trial. It's a fun format. I would say probably like the daftest of our episode formats. Would you agree, Matthew? Yeah, I don't know how much nutritional value it has <laughs> because so much of it is... But, you know, I, I maybe have intelligent thoughts on like half the games people mention. Half of them I haven't had any experience with, so it's basically whatever mood I'm in in that given minute. I also like the idea of just actively killing off loads of our listeners. That, like, that that seems funny to me. I'm more into the framing, I think, of the courtroom than maybe the actual work of the law. 
<laughs> yeah, that's um, completely fair. Um, I would say as well that like some of these sisters might have been drowned last time, so I can't and I can't remember. Oh, well, you know, everyone gets a do-over. Yeah, we decided that there'd be some kind of like um, Phoenix Wright-style spiritual bullshit that could explain that. Some kind of like pebble that like Maya wears around her neck to like bring you back from the dead to be killed again or something like some something like that. Um, Great. <laughs> So, <laughs> I would say let's get to it, Mem Matthew, because we have eighteen um, different oh, exhibits wow, to get okay. through. But and in a twist, this episode and at the very end of the episode, Matthew has some purchases that I'm going to pass judgment on. That is a, that'll be a kind of like a fun little bonus section at the end. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about that, Matthew. So, to start with, then, um, how have the people of Matthew Castle Island been faring lately, Matthew? How, um, how how's it going over there on your um, your state? I mean, people might remember last time. Um, you had banned the concept of time itself from um, <laughs> from existence there. So how are they doing these days? Yeah, they're doing fine. Because I've been playing a lot of Elden Ring, and that's distracting me. I actually think it's a period of relative peace <laughs> on Matthew Castle Island. They've got a modicum of peace, which is good. The flip side to that is that while I'm playing Elden Ring, um, I'm getting a lot of uh, leadership inspiration from the mad rulers of the lands between. <laughs> Right. There's a guy who's grafting his citizens to his own body. Right. Um, so I might introduce a bit of that into <laughs> Matthew Castle Island. That seems like quite good. You know, I could become a, like a human pick and mix of just the best of the land. I can't. It's a really weird flex of yours now that you mention pick and mix every episode. That's like that is not intentional. Uh, well, you say that, but I don't know. There's like I think there's some psychological warfare going on here. It's not like the poll is still open. I can subtly <laughs> influence it. I'm not trying to say pick and mix so people are like, oh yeah, I do want pick and mix. In, <laughs> yep. Unless that I'm generally setting up for our next draft and there's going to be another huge pick and mix play that I'm preparing for. Yeah, it's like my PS Vita Mini comes with some pick and mix again, and people are like. <laughs> Yay, Matthew, and they vote for you. <laughs> I'm not ruling that out. I'm basically well on my way to becoming a human meme. In a larger sense, um, to the to the listeners at home, the, the behind the scenes on this is um, me and Matthew messaging each other last night, saying it's a lot of pressure to try and be funny on purpose in these, and like there's a lot a lot of that today where it's like, oh, I don't know, is this too big a swing? Is this going to like go down with a thud? Like it's like, it's very much like you're under pressure to perform. And it's not like, I'll be honest, it's not like Simpsons uh, Golden Age level writing that we've got, we've got here. It's more like later seasons of Family Guy, I would say, um, yeah. which is uh, <laughs> brutal, really. Yeah, so what happens in every episode as well is the courtroom is filled with all kinds of colourful characters. Um, they can't affect the outcome of the case, but they... Um, they sort of add a little bit of drama, I would say, um, some kind of reaction. Were they originally meant to be the jury? I think so, yeah, but I realised conceptually that made no sense. So, um, yeah, I think like originally like Masters of Terrace Carsey poorly rendered Chewbacca was in the jury. Um, yeah. But then, like, yeah, I, I think the jury is there as a kind of like, because it's a sham trial. Um, so they just sort of like, they're just sort of there um, for the sake of it. There's no real judicial system at work here. Um, just uh, the whims of a, a mad ruler has established. So... Who's in the courtroom this time, Matthew? Uh, we've got a giant pot with arms from Elden Ring. <laughs> right. Because um, he always looks like he's throwing his arms up in sort of celebration. So I think he's quite a good, he's quite a nice character for me to see. In my eye line, I feel, I feel celebrated by him. It's true. He never um, really looks perturbed unless, unless he put his arms on, like, on his sides um, and then looked a bit stressed out. He's yeah. pretty, pretty happy looking dude. I've got a Kirby dressed as Agent 47. <laughs> And I've got an Agent 47 disguised as Kirby. So that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, very um, good. But no one can tell which one is which. That's the magic thing here. Yeah. <laughs> We've got the prosecutor from 
uh, great ace attorney, Barak von Zykes. I just thought I'd get a, another lawman in the court. Yeah. I've got a badly rendered Michael Caine from Batman Begins. <laughs> what, the PS2 uh, tie-in? He looks terrible. Right. Um, but he is in it. I made sure that that was true by watching a YouTube playthrough of Batman Begins. <laughs> skimming along the timeline trying to find michael kane just so that that legit works um uh i will say not worth the effort uh, <laughs> and uh i've got a big robot elephant from horizon basically it's what i've been playing recently that's what came to mind yeah minus batman begins that was just a uh, desperate michael kane callback in a wider sense i always found that like with these ps2 tie-ins um you would also you they would also always do a good job of like getting the um the actors who played the characters to like reprise their roles in the games but they would reenact lines from the film in like the most stilted fashion possible to completely undermine the value of casting them so it's like <laughs> you know so you get michael uh kane going like i will never leave your side bruce that kind of like dialogue <laughs> delivery i don't know you got the same thing with um toby Maguire in the spider-man games and stuff and it's like you're barely here man this is like a uh, the equivalent of a two-page review piece of freelance for you just a six six out of ten just knocked off um so yeah big um, reviews round up energy <laughs> i'm surprised he didn't go for the bootleg um uh, michael kane they had in the italian job on ps1 matthew but he might have only been a voice there's just like oh yeah there's a cockney man just shouting over some cars driving around and that's sort of like the whole the whole situation there um <laughs> Okay, so the other important thing is that, like, um, so the defendants on Matthew Castle Island are put to death if found guilty. So, Matthew, how will people die in this episode? Well, I wanted to crack out my prestige water tanks again. But, right. Um, you know, I can't really do that to Michael Caine. So uh, what I've done is I've actually imported the grape press from Hitman 3's Argentinian <laughs> vineyard. Uh, so I'm going to pulp the guilty. Uh, and to add insult to injury, because that's important, I'm going to decant them into wine bottles so I can put them on display. So, um, yeah, you're going to get turned into a very fine... Not a, I know that isn't how you make wine, but pulping a body doesn't turn it into wine. Just go with it. Yeah, I mean, the rest of the process can happen behind the scenes. Who's pressing the button to pulp it? Is it Kirby disguised as Agent 47 or Agent 47 disguised as Kirby? It's one of those two. Yeah, but we may never know which one pressing the button. We know, because they are so similar. It's a bit like a rifle squad, like where they, one's, um, only one's got the bullet in it. It's like that, except only one Kirby slash hitman uh, mashup is pressing the button so yeah. they can both live with themselves um yeah, okay but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is exactly like that <laughs> <laughs> okay good in no way is that in poor taste and i look forward to um uh having a a nice little like um glass of one of our listeners after this is over that should be fun <laughs> fun for me um so i samuel roberts and the court appointed attorney um a kind of like um uh, soul goodman style figure as previously established, a little bit kind of, I turned up in my cheap suit, very, very cheap, like British home stores, kind of like off the rack cheap. Um, and then, yeah, uh, sort of like looking a bit stressed and like sort of um, my briefcase full, uh, falls open. It's just full of sandwiches and there's nothing else in there, no paperwork. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I, I step up and um, I'm ready to deliver my opening statement, Judge, if you'll allow me. Yeah, uh, you knock yourself out. People of the court, I am here today to defend 18 people that may or may not be guilty of making foolish secondhand purchases of computer games. From dodgy PS2 tie-ins to porny Sega Saturn garbage, my clients are here to assert their rights to hoard questionable bullshit from years past in the name of capturing some precious glimpse of their lost youth. Who is Judge Matthew Castle to stop them? 
This is a man who still owns box sets of House starring Hugh Laurie in 2022. <laughs> this is the man who, when asked to name his favourite eateries in London after living there for several years, came up with Subway as his third choice. <laughs> this is a man who went to Bath's best steak restaurant and ordered a risotto. He's not the arbiter of good taste. He's the sweaty meatball marinara of injustice, served on the Italian herbs and cheese of contempt. To my clients, I promise that some of you will be going home today. To those who don't make it, I'm afraid you died for nothing. Oh my god, you put so much effort into that. Last night when you messaged me, uh, and you were like, oh, I've spent two hours prepping this one. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, I'll put, you know, thinking, oh, I better put some work too. I just, all all that changed was I went into a document and wrote Michael Caine badly rendered. And that was it. That was my plan. (laughs) That's fine. I mean, if you want games court done the way you want it, you've got to do it yourself. It's basically like how, what I came up with. It's quite sad to hear your life boiled down to these true <laughs> facts. Um, but you're like, these are just so indicative of who I am as a person. <laughs> I will say, um, so uh, do you actually own box sets of House? Because I thought I saw them last time I was there, but I, can't, I couldn't quite remember it. I hope that was factually accurate. Maybe Catherine does. Oh, okay, right. So I've actually implicated Catherine in this. That's bad. <laughs> Um, so yes, uh, let's crack on then and um, put these mostly lads on trial. So exhibit A is from uh, 16-Bit Smith on Twitter, an indie developer. He um, bought Brave the Search for Spirit Dancer, £10 on PS2. I have the best worst submission for reader- Reader's Games Court back page pod. Bought exhibit A because I worked on it in QA as my first job in games. Spent £10 on this PS2 game, Matthew, which from, which from what I can tell is a very dodgy looking PS2 action adventure platformery thing. Kind of looks like about 14 different games from the time. Bought this from from working in his QA job, but it turned out he already owned a copy that he bought for £3 previously. So it's a double oh. purchase. So I will ask for uh, leniency from the fact that there is like a, an emotional element here, even though that I can't defend the game, which looks quite bad. Thoughts, Judge? And you know how I feel about the old buying something you already have. Yeah. He, bought it, he bought it for almost three times as much the second time. Yeah, it's just this, this pre-owned mm. games market, man. It's out of control. <laughs> He worked on it, so he knows it's not much cop. Yeah, um, I get this one confused with, what's the Sony first party one, which has got a similar kind of energy? Uh, I don't know, really. You're not talking about, like, Mark of Cree. Yeah. Isn't that similar? <laughs> There's loads of games from this time that kind of have, like, they're kind of, like, beyond good and evilly sort of games. Um, you know what I mean? Like, th- yeah. that kind of action adventure where it's not quite a platforming mascot. It's a little bit more real-worldy. It looks like it's kind of from from that Direct, uh, made by the developers of um, a State of Emergency, Matthew, a PS2 classic. Oh, God. <laughs> um, I kind of know where this one's going, but I just wanted to um, get it out there anyway because I enjoyed the submission. But have you seen the screenshots <laughs> of it? It's quite dodgy looking. I must admit, I, I haven't played this. It's the kind of thing that you saw in the, a half-page review on Games Master getting like 40% and then you'd never touch. Even if it was the best game in the world, the double purchase and such an expensive second purchase... It's so unwise, isn't it? Uh, I think uh, I think we got ourselves a pulp in. <laughs> we got ourselves a wine. Good stuff. <laughs> good, uh, uh, but, uh, an excellent year because it's quite an old game. Yeah, good stuff. Andrew John Smith vintage there, um, mm. sort of in the form of a Malbec. Maybe I don't really know what I'm talking about with wine. I I don't know anything about wines. I know there are red ones and white ones. These are red ones for <laughs> obvious reasons. <laughs> Okay, so we got one dead, right? Yes, one dead. Okay, one dead. I'm taking a tally. Do you this win time. if you get less? If you get people off the hook? Yeah, look, that's we should establish that, shouldn't we? Before we press <laughs> press ahead. But you don't want to say press ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wrong. Really, the wrong. <laughs> I mean, that's a very poor choice of words. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, um, basically, I I think fifty percent is like where I win. So I have to get half of my clients off. Okay, next up, Exhibit B. As a huge Destiny fan, I I was rather hyped for Anthem, then swiftly disappointed by the reception it got a release. So I never tried it. I paid two pound thirty nine for it on the thirtieth of June, twenty twenty one, and um and it's uh it's not even worth that. I deserve to be drowned by Michael Caine. That's from Owen Christie. Now. I think Anthem for £2.39 is well worth it. Like, that's not... Anthem is not, like, a terminally bad game. It's just a disappointing game. And if you play on um, Xbox uh, Series X or S or um, Xbox One X, as we established in a previous episode, you get the frame rate boost, too, so it's a nice-looking thing. I think there's at least, like, four hours of fun to be had with Anthem here. And for £2.39, I think that's pretty good. £2.39, that's, like, the price of a very bad shop-bought sandwich yeah like you could buy you could get a very disappointing sandwich which has gone in i'd say five minutes tops just on a time element i you know yeah i i think everyone's a bit too quick to get around and dunk dunk on anthem like it is flawed but it's also you know kind of beautiful in its own way flying around is fun the world looks cool i think there's two pounds 39's worth of um fun in this for sure especially if you play it on xbox like you say with the frame boost yeah I th- I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pulp this. Um, this sounded like a man who wanted to die from his email. That makes me feel icky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you have your own very complex code of morality to follow. Um, sorry about that, Owen Christie. You're still alive. I don't know how I feel about that. Exhibit C. Hello, Samuel and Judge Castle. During Christmas, I wanted to play Christmas-themed games. Browsing the web, I saw Dead Rising 4: Frank's Big Package. I thought to myself, surely it can't be as bad as people make it out to be. So I gave my eight pound to the seller on eBay. It promptly arrived, and truthfully, I've not played it yet. I will get round to it, I promise. I accept the harsh verdict I expect to receive. Kind regards, uh, Jordan on death row. Yeah, <laughs> thoughts, Matthew? Because um, I do understand this was a relatively disappointing entry in this series, but I don't know, eight quid. Which I assume that Frank's big package edition comes with all the DLC. I don't think eight quid's too bad for a win purchase. And it is a Christmas-themed games, and they are quite rare in... Um, on the level at which Dead Rising 4 commits. So what do you think, Judge? I had to cover Dead Rising 4 when I was on the Xbox YouTube channel. Like, this is what this was a first-party game when it came out, so we, we had to do, like, videos about it. Um, it's kind of fine in the way that, like, all the, all the Dead Risings are sort of fine. I don't know if this was a series I ever really loved. They're all kind of the same thing, aren't they? You just go and whack people. At least you get a big shopping center in this one i think it was a step in the right direction after dead rising 3 there you go that's a bit of nutrition um ah <laughs> uh, eight pounds for this for, with all the dlc i think that's okay again writing to us from death row why does everyone assume they're gonna die uh i, don't, I think it's just because you have been established as a judge who is thirsty for blood yeah but i'm also a contrarian i don't <laughs> like it, it like there's no pleasure for me in killing someone who's already kind of resigned to their fate it's like, look, mate, if you want to do some damage control, hire a PR team, what can I say? I mean, like, you know, the <laughs> reputation's a reputation at this point. No, I don't think I can pulp uh, Dead Rising 4 for £8. Mm-hmm. I think that's okay. I wouldn't pay a penny more over £8. Do you think that the not having played it um, element makes this worthy of a, a pulping? Wait, why are you making the case for pulping? <laughs> I believe in justice first. Excuse me, Judge, are you not forgetting the fingerprints <laughs> on the weapon? <laughs> Oh, yes, thank you. Thank you, uh, the defendant. <laughs> oh, yeah, you haven't played it. Yeah, I forgot that is pulp. That is that is a very pulpable offence. Yeah, my trust pilot reviews just went down. That's bad for my law business. Um, okay, exhibit D. 
Hi both, my questionable Gamescorp purchase is Army of Two. In 2010, a housemate and I played 90% of it together in one sitting but never finished it and eventually I traded it in. I bought it again last year during lockdown. I have no one to play it with as I live with my wife who has no interest in good games, let alone Army of Two. Um, love the show, thanks Alex. Yeah, I mean, uh, self-explanatory Matthew, Army of Two. I remember the first one being a bit of a dud and the second one being like a bit, a, maybe a bit more fun. A little bit more spicy, but they're kind of like generic third-person shoots of the day. Yeah. Um, thoughts? A very boring game. Boring enough that you got rid of it originally. I think your past you was right and knew what they were doing. Like, they didn't finish it then. They didn't care for it then. I think, basically, this person cast their own judgment all those years ago on their future selves. They didn't know it at the time. <laughs> um but, uh, yeah, he's pulped. Wow, it's like Cloud Atlas or something. Just like a grand tapestry of time and consequence. Um, <laughs> Except the last segment is all the cast is getting pulped in a <laughs> giant great press. <laughs> yeah. Which is not the end of Cloud Atlas. <laughs> True. Okay, so that's three dead out of four. Um, you'll, hear, you'll hear me periodically typing um, as we go here. Sorry about that. I know it's annoying when people do that on podcasts, but it's the only way I can keep a tally of the, the living, basically. Um, so... <laughs> Exhibit E, slightly longer one here, but it's um, uh, let's see, it's uh, it's like uh, uh, this guy's dead, uh, basically. Um, hi Samuel oh, Matthew, <laughs> so this my... is not a good start. Well, like I saw the word Onimusha, and then I kind of perked up, but then I saw what the game actually was, and I was like, oh no, oh fuck, we're in, we're in bad town here. Um, hi Samuel Matthew, so my entry for Game Score is inspired by listening to the episodes that you've done on this so far, which have been great. Hoping that this is not too obvious, an obvious attempt to curry favour with the judge. <laughs> I found myself thinking about games that I'd always liked the look of but never played and managed to purchase one such potentially hidden gem for the sum of 99p plus £1.83 postage, or as you call it, the Heavenly Sword Tax. Um, reference to me buying Heavenly Sword for like uh, three quid, where I questioned why would someone even bother walking to the post office for that, um, which I think was a good observation by me. As a fan of the Onimusha games, I had my eye on this game before I owned a PS3. When I finally bought the machine from a friend who was moving abroad, it came ready with a collection of games, and I never went back to look at some of the earlier titles I missed. But I now own a copy of Genji Days of the Blade. I think this scored about 6 or 7 out of 10 at best when it was released, which is maybe why I never went back to it at the time. I expect that I'll get some enjoyment from it, and look forward to seeing what the court thinks, or if you have any experience with this game yourselves. Love the podcast. Thanks, Dave. So, Matthew, this is the famous Giant Crabs game. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, um, <laughs> Elden Ring has loads of Giant Crabs. So, you know, Giant Crabs have never been hotter, frankly. Um, but what do you make of this one? I mean, I think it's a little reductive to say, to try and liken this game to Elden Ring, because they've both got crabs. Um, <laughs> there, is a, there is a quality golf. I must admit, I, I really only know this game from the meme, and it is a powerful meme, but that does suggest that there is, there is a problem with it at its heart. Um, have you played this one yourself? No, I don't think I ever owned it. It was like, uh, so there were, I think there were four um, PS3 launch titles. There was Resistance, Motorstorm, um this and then one other one that i can't remember i think it might have been like um uh flow on um the ps psn network and so this was like definitely the least desirable of them of them i would say there are like more interesting weirdo ps3 purchases to make i would say uh not as cheap yeah. as this one but i would you know consider buying folklore by the same developer that's quite an interesting weird rpg from the early ps3 days yeah i see i don't know if i would have pulled them for folklore yeah um oh, oh I've, I've kind of shown my hand about what's about to happen here <laughs> yeah it's not looking good for old dave is it so well there's no need for a drum roll um <laughs> yeah you know let's um 
let's pop them up. Yeah, it's fine. Drums aren't allowed on Matthew Castle Island anyway. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, okay, four dead out of five. Jesus, not going well for me. Oh, uh, uh, the Barack von Zykes from Great Ace Attorney <laughs> has just chucked one of the bottles of wine because that's one of his animations. <laughs> I'm really, really uh, sorry to... Um, uh, I think it who was uh, who was the brave guy again? Uh, Andrew John Smith. Yeah, I'm sorry, dude. Um, you're currently smashed all over the wall, so <laughs> you won't even be remembered. I'm really sorry about that. Yeah, that's tough. Um, sorry about that, mate. Uh, difficult time for me is the the uh, awkward for me really is the defence attorney. Um, <laughs> so, uh, people of the Games Court, I present to you the absolute pinnacle of comic book game adaptations. That's right. It's Judge Dread versus uh, Dread versus Death on PS2 by the Mighty Rebellion. Mm-hmm. It was so cheap, it felt like I was robbing the store. Pennies, I tell you, pennies. Um, it's a game I could spend many minutes playing uh, before getting a headache. Uh, <laughs> and um, uh, it's honestly not as bad as the reviews made it out to be. I remember the reviews being middling for this rather than terrible. Um, it doesn't uh, include a stencil set, so hopefully I'm safe this time around. Judge uh, Matthew's bias against them is truly shocking. Um, bit of context there. Um, I think this uh, defendant had previously submitted a Mortal Kombat stencil um uh, in a previous games court and then got drowned for it because Matthew has a grudge against stencils. He got wronged by a stencil once, as we established. Um, for the record, I'm a huge 2018 Judge Dredd fan. I even regard the 1995 Stallone film as a cinematic masterpiece. It was robbed at the mm. Oscars. Clearly the people behind Forrest Gump bribed the that's, judges. That's When he said that, I gave the nod to Kirby over by the button. <laughs> or, or is it Agent 47? Or, or, or Agent 47, <laughs> but, but one of them. <laughs> for the uh, yeah, Regardless of the outcome, it was still a better purchase than the time I bought myself a second copy, second copy of tribes 2 only to find out i couldn't play it online because someone had already used the cd key for their account lame <laughs> have mercy your honor i beg you chris doherty um yeah i, I can't say i really remembered judge dread versus death but um i think to be honest though chris if you'd have like if you'd have gone for dread rather than judge dread as like your cinematic pick i'd have been on board with that because that's one of the five best comic book adaptations dread that's like a great great film and so yeah the 2012 one with carl urban real good but you went with the stallone one and like basically you know tightened your own noose essentially um so where do you stand on this judge well i this is a a very very rare case where i once upon a time also bought a pre-owned copy of dread versus uh death wow okay weird that's uh yeah when i bought my uh when i bought when i got my ps2 slim at the end of the ps2 life i hadn't owned a ps2 up until that point and i basically just bought piles and piles of pre-owned games because it's when they used to do like five for 30 quid or whatever in game station or something yeah i've definitely got a copy of this on ps2 floating around somewhere i think it had your gun you can load lots of different ammunition into the same gun He's got, like, flame bullet, and then his gun can also shoot, like, I don't know, concussion rounds or something. Yeah, I, I don't think this was, like, totally, totally horrible. It would be kind of grotesque hypocrisy to pulp someone when I made this... I'm not even a mistake. I, I actually think this is okay. If anything, the whole I love the old Judge Dredd film, that puts it on edge. But, you know, this is a games court. It's not films court. Um, I will, however, hand you over to Film Court once Games Court has finished. <laughs> is that also on Matthew Castle Island? That is also on Matthew Castle Island. And do you want to take a guess at who the judge is? I mean, surely. Is it Michael Cade? I don't know. <laughs> no, it's no, it's it's still me. Oh, right, um, well, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in fact, it's the same room we're in right now. We just put up a different flag. 
A different flag with your face on it. <laughs> we might get rid of the pot with arms, because that doesn't really make a huge amount of sense. Michael Caine can stay, because he, 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 he works in both. Good, I look forward to Films Court, um, where the theme tunes of Marvel films will be put on trial endlessly. Uh, Sisyphean <laughs> horror for everyone involved. Yeah, okay, so does that mean Chris has survived, Matthew? He has survived. Fuck yeah. So that's for, like... for now. Okay, good. We've got basically... Um, four dead out of six, so not too bad. If that's your idea of not too bad, those are <laughs> terrible figures. <laughs> if that's your website, which is like two out of six go free, but in brackets they still live. <laughs> well, it's like you know, if you want a, a basically like this is a kangaroo court as previously established. The whole thing is a sham. So I'm the best you've got on this island, I'm afraid. Like there's no better option. It's like it's me or nothing or, or self representation. And I don't think these lads are up to the task, frankly. Um, so, yeah. Um, on a side note, I do think there should be more 2000 AD games. Like, it's a great license for, like... You would think there'd be, a, like, a ton of different indie-scale games based on the different properties that they've got. Because they've got so many, like, nice-looking sort of um, self-contained worlds and stuff they could they can make out of it. But, um, yeah, hasn't what really materialised. Uh, what was that cover shooter that was quite good with the blue boy? Uh, Rogue Trooper. That was solid, I thought. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, it was cool. I just think there's uh, there's more potential there. But um, yes, uh, so Exhibit G. Good morning slash afternoon slash evening crew. I hereby sign. Uh, my- whoa, whoa, whoa! There's no time on Castle. Island. Oh yeah, of course. We've established this previously. Come on, get it right. I hereby submit myself to trial. After listening to your wee draft episode, my partner partner and I finally committed to something we've been thinking about doing together for a little while, and bought a second hand Wii. A couple of CEX trips later, and we now have a small collection of games going. Well, Judge Matthew, look kindly on my purchases. Now, Matthew, there are no prices here, which is tough, because that's Ooh. often part of the Games Court mix. So I think you have to call this on the overall quality of the games combined. Um, so we've got Ghost Squad, uh, GoldenEye 007, Ooh. Uh, largely for the split-screen multiplayer, not the duff Daniel Craigness, that's in brackets there. Coro Rimper, do you know that game? Yeah, that's the marble rolling game. Yeah. Um, a game which I described as uh, trying to... Say Kuala Lumpur with a mouthful of food. Um, <laughs> that was a. I remember that line from Endgamer. Don't know why. That's, that's good. That's classic Matthew Castle. That is. Um, <laughs> that's is it? <laughs> we have the ultimate one-two punch of love hate for Matthew Castle here too, which is we got Little King Story, oh. and we got Knight's Journey of Dreams. Oh dear. <laughs> uh, we've oh, got man. We've got a Puna. Now we're just making these up, I think. Um, <laughs> no, no, Puna. Puna is a Koei JRPG where you throw balls around. Is that not just um, someone saying Epona while eating like a sausage roll or something? <laughs> that, is, uh, yeah, that probably was also a joke in Endgamer. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Epona was re- reviewed by Rich Stanton. I remember this also. Was it good? Uh, yeah, I think he gave it mid-80s. Uh, I don't think anyone ever ever played it. I played, like, a couple of hours of it and thought it wasn't for me. <laughs> okay, good. Laughing at my own opponent joke there. Um, <laughs> uh, Samba de Amigo, which features Mamba oh, number that five. Was, that was shit on Wii. <laughs> which features Mar- Mamba number five and a mar- Maraca duel against Sonic. Oh, God, that's like... <laughs> you're not making your case here any easier, mate. We've established how Matthew feels about Sonic. Um, Super Mario Galaxy 2. Um, not the first one, because they already had it on Switch, they they say. And uh, finally, Zack and Wiki, the quest for Barbaros treasure. So I hope I survived the hallowed court, but if not, know that I regret nothing. On another note, thank you for producing such high-quality content on such a regular basis and for no cost at all. I discovered you guys when I was in the throes of COVID and you were into your second or third episode. Oh. And, and the pod has been a highlight of my week ever since. All the best, Tom Lawler. If you think that sob story is going to get me on board, forget it. <laughs> 
and soon it won't all be free so we'll have a paid tier on patreon um so uh, that, that, that um no uh, seriously thank you very much for your kind words and i apologize in advance what a bitter pill to swallow this would be because they've taken some of my favourite things and they've combined it with some of my least favourite things. Yeah, it's quite a, a quite a little challenge for you to deconstruct. I think I really can't win this one. I think it slightly tips in their favour, personally. This is almost like there's a film where Kevin Spacey he, he gets like convicted of a murder and they kind of put him to death, and then the twist is that he actually didn't do it and it was to show like the flaws in the court system we tricked you into thinking he was guilty and you've put an innocent man to death and this is why you shouldn't execute people this feels a bit like that like it's forcing me to either make a terrible decision or let off something i feel like i've been set up here and i don't like it is this film a sequel to seven matthew i've never seen it the life and times of david gale like, that is not a film i expected to be talking about this morning <laughs> I imagine the appetite for watching an old Kevin Spacey film these days is fairly fairly limited, I would say. Yeah. About a man, especially it's a story about a man who makes himself look guilty but is actually a saint, and you're like, oh yeah, can it, Spacey? No one wants to hear it. Yeah, that won't be on film four anytime soon, I don't think. Shall I read the list uh, out again? And you can, like, I mean, uh, the thing is, Galaxy Little King Story Ghost Squad. Zack and Wiki. Zack and Wiki are like four of my favourite Wii games. But I think GoldenEye and Wii is shit. The way they turned it into just Call of Duty. It had no none of the magic or charm of the original GoldenEye. I thought it was really, really misunderstood. Um, as in, they really misunderstood what what they were trying to do. Sam and Domingo is just plain up broken. Like, regardless of Sonic being in it, it it's just the, the Wii one absolutely sucks. I went to a preview event for that. That's where I first met Chris Donnan, actually. And we uh, bonded over terrible... San Vadimigo. It's very much the the layer of uh, of the Wii, um, just a not work, not functional control. So the original was a beloved Dreamcast game, right? Yeah, but but it worked. The Wii one does. The Wii one doesn't. It's right, Gearbox right. made it terrible game. And the last one, well, Knights. I mean, I've never understood Knights, and any opportunity to cast shade at Ujinaka <laughs> has to be taken. He didn't even make this one. No, he was busy making Let's Tap, which you like. What a minefield. I believe at the start of this email, this was a purchase between him and his wife. Is this not correct? Uh, Just says partner, yes. Partner. So I'm going to pulp one of them. Okay. <laughs> Do we know which one? Probably him. <laughs> So does that count? Like, like- I don't know if his partner like had anything to do with writing into Games Court. Most reasonable people would want their partner to live on, right? That's the nice thing. That's what you're meant to say. Yeah. Um- <laughs> Watch out, Catherine. Is what I would say. Off the However, back of that. you actually feel. That's what you meant to say. So listen, let's split down the middle. Half of your collections are mas- like masterpieces. Half of it's an abomination. One of you gets pulled, <laughs> uh, but I'll let the other one have the bottle. <laughs> Like it's like ashes, but uh... but tasty. So for me, because this is important for my trust pilot reviews, does this count as half half alive? Not this is a half, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so we've got four point five dead. Okay, good. Uh, all right, right, good Sounds stuff. Like a sitcom. <laughs> yeah, BBC Three energy to that. Um, exhibit H. Hi, chaps. Thanks to the podcast. Um, it has given me more laugh out loud moments this past year than any other media, let alone podcast. Uh, my submission for Games Court is a double whammy of Stuntman on PS2 and Stuntman Ignition on PS3. Oh, big Jeremy Peel vibes to these purchases. Um, 
These purchases came from a desire to have a driving game based on skill, which wasn't just racing. I really enjoyed the set-piece-based driving of these games, which made you feel incredible, and still do when you manage to nail a level with no mistakes. Have they aged well? Well, the actual driving mechanics are still great, as you'd expect from Reflections, but the games are still brutally hard, to the point where it feels unfair, and I'm not sure some of these films would have got greenlit, but on both counts, I think that was the same case back when they were released. Personally, I don't think I should go down into the drowning pool of Pikmin's or whatever is this episode's punishment. But then again, I would say that. Cheers, Kurt Lewin. So I always, I always kind of wanted Stuntman on PSD, Matthew. I think I played a demo. It's really hard, like all of um, Reflections games were. But I thought it was all right. And I think Stuntman Edition was like a solid 7 out of 10. THQ kind of follow-up a few years later on, P- on 360 mm. and PS3. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know the follow-up at all. I did play the demo of the, the original and absolutely hated it. The idea of like a driving game where the art of it was driving to incredibly exacting standards, I just never understood what the appeal of that was, just to sort of enact these not particularly impressive stunt sort of set pieces. I, it always absolutely baffled me. Yeah, I, I kind of hate this game. I mean, I feel, I feel bad about pulping because maybe the sequel tidies it up a bit and is a bit more user-friendly. And this isn't shade on reflections. They made plenty of good stuff. But I thought this was just a little too actively hostile towards the players. Would you like to play Driver? But it's only that rotten driving test tutorial at the start. Right. You're like, no, thank you. So, um, yeah, let's get him pulped. <laughs> okay. I thought the idea of the uh, fake films was quite cool, actually. I thought that... Um... That worked reasonably well. I agree it was super, super hard, but um, no, I don't know. They, they like, got sevens and eights for the day. Both yeah, well, I think, yeah. Did we actually, did we even buy this game because of its reviews? It was like a big hype game. Like, it Yeah, was, but yeah. I, I just, I, I never got it. I just never got it. It never clicked. Like, the idea of it just seemed so inherently flawed to me. I don't like things which are sort of basically do it by rote. That that's a that's a huge turn off for me. So um Are you the men playing Golden Ring at the moment, Matthew? Yeah, but that's the thing. That's that's why I like this one, is because I don't have to play alright. You know, I've 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 got other opportunities to go elsewhere and lots of different angles of attack. Um It's true, you couldn't summon a little crossbow man in stunt man to help. It was just you know. Oh no. If I could summon a ghost of a stunt man to come and just drive the car for me and I just watch an amazing stunt happen. I would like that game, and um, Kurt wouldn't be dead. But <laughs> he is unfortunately, dead. that isn't a feature, and he is dead. Yeah, you had earlier said he was pulp too. So unfortunately, at that point, um, Kirby Hitman had already put, pushed the button. So <laughs> while you were deliberating this, Kurt was already dead, unfortunately. So uh, sorry about that, Kurt. <laughs> yeah, there's no point coming in doing a last-minute heartfelt defence when I've already got the bottle in my hands. <laughs> I think that that's... just makes that makes me feel awkward. <laughs> I think that's harsh, personally. I think that that I think there's nothing wrong with buying the stunt the stuntman games. Like those are like good win purchases, if you ask me. I think the judge has made a terrible mistake. But um, oh, be well, fi- oh f- finally we get a bit of fire from the defence. <laughs> well, How many to die before we got to this point? <laughs> <laughs> well, here you're punishing a man for buying a seven out of ten game. Like, uh, what's wrong with that? That's fine, isn't it? It's... Yeah, but I have personal I have like personal experience with the game and didn't like it. Uh, okay, fine. It was just so hyped in the moment because it was their first game after Driver 2. So I remember um, back when I was reading official PlayStation, that was everywhere. But yeah. I liked you better when you just took the deaths like a man. So do it. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough. This Maybe this new persona doesn't fit me. But I'm like Saul Goodman in that I'm going through my own kind of moral arc and... Um, you know, I sort of flirt with being a better guy, but then I realise I can get further ahead by just putting my clients to death and, you know, taking my paycheck. So, yeah, that's on me. Um, <laughs> exhibit I. Hi, guys. 
I use my last living moments before execution to thank you for so many entertaining episodes of your wonderful podcast. Having never watched Star Trek before, I decided to go through some of the older series starting with TNG, through to Deep Space Nine, and have recently finished Voyager. After falling in love with the world of Star Trek and needed more, the best way to do this, of course, was to buy Raven Software's Star Trek Voyager Elite Force on PS2 from CX for £5. Of course, I haven't played it yet. This is a 2001, uh, sorry, 2001 PlayStation 2 first-person shooter that probably controls like garbage. Um, I have also been watching The X-Files for the first time. You can probably see where this is going. I bought The X-Files Resist or Serve also on the PS2. Oh. A Resident Evil knockoff complete with tank controls and even zombies for good measure. It boasts um, impressive voice work from the cast of the series, uh, with Gillian Anderson and William B. Davis as Scully and The Smoking Man both stand out and are putting in way more effort than the game probably deserves. In contrast to them, however... The highlight for this game for me is David Duchovny's monotone delivery of every line he has given. I think you'll find that's just David Duchovny generally. Yeah, I mean, that sounds true to the character. <laughs> yeah, he is completely checked out and there were parts I was worried he was actually falling asleep in the recording booth. <laughs> the £15 that I spent on it was probably worth it for the laughs I got out of that alone. More recently, I have found myself looking at the Sopranos game and lost me oh, a Domus on eBay. Get me in the tank before my crimes continue. From Joe Castle, no relation. Um, brackets i fucking love sandwiches so maybe some distant relation to matthew question mark um well yeah lots to think about there so you might be killing a family member without knowing it here matthew um i will say twist gotta get ahead of this right star trek voyager elite force is a raven software game it is legit that is a great first person shooter you can play it on gog these days and the second one as well that is a good purchase if you ask me five quid nothing wrong with that that's a great great shooter from a a, like a well-respected um developer at a time where it was kind of like arguably making some of its best stuff. So that's right, good. Now, now do X-Files. <laughs> okay, I rented the X-Files with um, my uh, my old mate Donald from Blockbuster. We made several flawed rentals from Blockbuster. We rented this and KOTOR. Guess what? You can't finish KOTOR in a weekend. That was a terrible fucking decision. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, and the X-Files, we played about an hour of it. We hated it. It was so boring. Such a boring kind of like tie. And yes, it had the voice acting, but it was just like basically... It was basically just shit Resident Evil. It just wasn't good at all. Reminded me of playing the Men in Black tie-in, actually. Just not good. Um, so, 50-50 <laughs> on those ones, Matthew. Bear in mind he hasn't bought the Sopranos and Lost yet. What do you think of all this? That's almost like laying down the gauntlet, isn't it? It's like, put me away or I will kill again. So, that that gives me pause and makes me think, you know, maybe I should just pulp to put him and everyone else out of their misery. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Your, your defence of uh, Star Trek Voyager was so passionate. Um, yeah, it's legit. That, it's legit. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't, I haven't played it. I couldn't even picture it in my head. I'm assuming you shoot with like a phaser in first person. Yeah, you should look it up. It, I mean, it looks like a shooter from the time for sure. Like, yeah. um, but you know, it was a, it was like, a, I think it was on PC first, and then they brought it to a PS2 like a bit later. So yeah, if it's if it's as good as you say it is, like five pounds for a genuinely good forgotten little hidden gem on PS2, that's kind of what pre-owned games are about, right? Yeah, you're meant to be filling out your collection with the the odds and sods that you miss first time round that still hold up. Like the X Files thing, that's expensive for something that is shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was like a five <laughs> out of ten. So eloquently, <laughs> it's like a five out of ten for the time that one. I mean, really, what we've got here is kind of like that Wii situation again. But unfortunately, it's just one person. I can't pulp just half of him. Or can I? Just his, just his arms, you know what I mean? <laughs> I cool. <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, no, I don't. I think that gets weird because <laughs> it would be like half a bottle of wine. I wouldn't really know what to do with it. And It'd be no, like one of those I... little bottles he used for cooking, you know? Oh, 
maybe that is quite cute. Well, no, I'll, it'll be fine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let him off on on the grounds that I, you, you, you made a good case for the Star Trek game. Um, I'm going to overlook the X-Files thing, but the lesson from this is just don't touch that Sopranos. If I find out you have bought the Sopranos, you will be pulped. Consider this your final warning. <laughs> These are two things I never really got into either, like Star Trek and the X-Files. So I like the idea of like going on a little journey with them and you know, kind of getting into these like 90s TV shows because you kind of end up realising that modern TV doesn't isn't really capable of making good episodic TV like it used to anymore. Um not in America, anyway. I have faint memories of there being quite a good Star Trek point-and-click game. Maybe, like, Amiga era of Next Generation. I think I know the one you mean, yeah. I think you can get that on GOG, too. Yeah. Like, I think there are good Star Trek games out there. Like, if, you've, if you're Star Trek obsessive, like, you can play bad... Don't play the film tie-in. That was terrible. Oh, that was bad, yeah. The, the VR game bridge crew, that's good. Yeah. That's, you know, that's a, that's a fun little kind of, you know, if people were thinking about other pre-owned purchases where they could avoid a pulp in, uh, <laughs> there are some good Star Trek games that would probably save them. Yeah, next. I've still got five and a half dead after that one. That's good. Um, How many live? Uh, oh, I don't know, actually, because I, I, I can't count based on the letters. So I'll have to tell you at the end, basically. <laughs> okay. But it's still not looking good, I'll be honest. Um, we've got eight. We've got 18 entries, right? Uh, yes. So if we go above nine dead, you're dead. Uh, yeah, I guess so, yeah. That's okay. a good way of thinking about it. Okay. Uh, the stakes have never been lower yet again. Um, <laughs> uh, exhibit J, honourable, um, you spell it with a U over there, right? Judge Castle. Uh, I come to you to humbly present a series of GBA games I bought on eBay to feel better about the state of the world in the months uh, the months of June 2020 and June 2021. All cartridges were, uh, also, all cartridges were assessed to be authentic before and after bidding. All the prices have been converted to Great British Pounds. Um, so, number one, a copy of Advance Wars purchased on June 2nd, uh, 2020 for £21.67. Num- uh, number two, a copy of Metroid Fusion purchased on June 2nd, 2020 for £19.43. Uh, uh, number three, a copy of Donkey Kong Country purchased on June 4th, 2020 for £6.35. That's pretty good. Um, brackets, I originally played um, the first two uh, DKC games on GBA as a kid and wanted my experience of the third to be in line with the first two. This version also has a completely new soundtrack by David Wise, which is much better than the original. Uh, number mm-hmm. four, um, a copy of Wario Land 4 purchased on June 18th, 2021 for £26.16. Um, uh, number five, a copy of Golden Sun, The Lost Age, purchased on June 22nd, 2021 for £23.16. Brackets, mm-hmm. I thought this is the original Golden Sun. When I bid on it, I realised after I won the auction that I would need to track down a cartridge of the original before I could enjoy this game I just spent $30 on. Um, the only two of these games I've completed are Metroid Fusion and Donkey Kong Country 3, but I promise you I will play them all eventually. To sweet the taste of this um, lot of purchases, I will also add that I recently picked up a used copy of the backpage-approved Deathloop on PS5 for, 20, for £18, shipping included. Um, mm. Please look kindly upon my purchases. Thank you for the podcast and your commitment to justice. Uh, with contrition in my heart, Jamie from Chicago. Ah, oh, Jamie, go and leave us a review on uh, iTunes so we can get more of your countrymen listening to this uh, this podcast. But um, that's enough uh, self. If you give us a five star review, I won't kill you. <laughs> I think that's a that's like a, 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 a veritable treasure trove of GBA games, there, Matthew. What do you think? They are, I would say they're quite expensive. There are cheaper ways of playing them. If you had, if you did have a Wii U Virtual Console GBA on there. You could probably get most of those games for the price of one of those games. Come on, mate. You'd mm. rather play that on a handheld on a Wii, than a Wii U controller. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I quite like the GBA on the Wii U. I mean, it's good emulation, but I mean, like, it's the faff of setting up a Wii U when you just want to put a cartridge into a handheld. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, that is that is true. That's a good price for Metroid as well. I'm pretty sure Metroid Fusion is now super pricey to pick up. Um, yeah, I think I just because there are cheap VC versions. That's the only thing here which is kind of putting me off. Also, and this isn't going to earn me many fans. I'm not a I'm not a old Donkey Kong Country guy. Um, <laughs> I I'm not really mad about those games. Um, secret rare hater, Matthew. Not secret rare hater. I think they've I think they've I just think they're very overrated. At like. Uh, quite awkward platformers. I, I I didn't like the look of them then, and now I I, I think they there's something sort of hideous about those sort of digitized looks. There's, it's just not for me. I've never really understood the soundtrack. Love people go nuts for the soundtrack for these games, and for me, it's just like I do not get it. And I know that isn't a popular opinion. Like you know, David Wise is a is a you know a, considered a treasure. You know, but that's only one of many games. They're all good, um, apart from that one. I guess for the authentic carts, you know, I can't, I can't speak to there being cheaper versions. I mean, yeah, I like too many of these games. Plus, you've you've actually you've played some of them. Completing two is pretty good. Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, good. No, no pulp, but two things. Give us a good review, or give us a review. <laughs> I will say, actually, I've I've got to establish for the previous guy, um, for uh, for Joe Castle. Um, that I have established a restraining order uh, of you and the Sopranos game and Lost via Domus. Um, so <laughs> if you come within 100 feet of either of those games, Matthew Castle will pulp you. So just watch out for that. Um, yeah, and and I believe this email also had a promise that he would get round to playing those other games, and we will hold you to that. Um, <laughs> because buying that many games and not playing them would be a palpable offence. Just to be sure, from now on, you will live inside the Great Press until you've played them. <laughs> Um, I just want to have that like motivation factor there. Well, um, he have to get out while you're putting these guys to death. While you was that a thing? Uh, to... Yeah, I don't know. That's awkward because you'd have to like move your bed and stuff. But <laughs> you know, so it goes. That's good. I I really am picturing all of this in my head as well because I've got such a vivid image of that great press. So like I can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a very strange scene there. Uh, Exhibit K. Hi chaps. Hope you're both well. Um, please may I submit to the Games Court for Judge Castle's deliberation the following. Resident Evil Outbreak, File 1 on PS2, £26 via eBay, late 2021. Mm. Mitigation. I have no mitigation other than a puppy-like love and fealty to Tank Control Zero Resi. This one is a nostalgic rebuy. I'd played it in my teens and vaguely remember it being difficult, but I simply had to play it again. Thanks, guys. Love the pod. Cheers, Joseph King. Now, I think these have a good reputation, Matthew. These are the games that were online in America, but not in the UK, as I understand it. So I don't know if that changes your mind much. It's not like you could play it online anyway if you had the American version. But these were like... I think these are considered like good um, good resi games in retrospect, kind of online-y sort of resi games. Um, any thoughts on this one, Matthew? In my head, these were just the online ones, and what's the point of not being able to play them online? But if you say there was a non-online UK version, which I must admit I, I didn't know, that's a lot of money, though. Are these good? Uh, I think, like, let's see, uh, at the time got like 7 out of 10, basically. Um, but the, that was it was like punished for the lack of support of online um, in the, in the uh, Europe. But... Um, I don't know. It was like it was. It was designed to be a co-op multiplayer game for four people. Um, so, you know, there were there were like five story scenarios in it, and um, yeah. the, the AI basically subs in if you don't have um, human players. Right. So. I, was, I was still playing. It still kind of looks how it should look. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're a big Resi supporting podcast. This is a a big blind spot for me in terms of Resi. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I also, you know, can't object to someone being so into Resi that they do seek out the more niche corners of it. You'd let, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give this a pass. It would be churlish of me to 
to just pulp it with, with, with really no good reason. I do love it when Matthew uses the word uh, churlish to uh, refer to the act of deciding whether someone lives or dies. Like, that's uh, <laughs> funny stuff. So... Exhibit L. Hello, Backpage Pod. It's me again, damp, moist, and looking like a bloater from The Witcher 3 after my last game's court entry got me a good dunking from His Honor Judge Castle. My last sin was that of laziness, not wanting to wait an extra week for my eBay copy of Red Alert 2, Yuri's Revenge, to arrive, so buying a second copy to play immediately. This sin, however, is far more sordid. The sin of lust. Again, my game purchase was not a bad one. The Sims 2 and its (laughs) pets expansion. However, my crime comes from the reasoning behind this purchase. You see... I never had any interest or any real intention to actually play the game. It was bought entirely based on the lies I told a girl in school that I really fancied. I'd overheard her one day talk about The Sims 2 to a friend. So a few, day, a few days later, I casually mentioned in conversation to her that after school I was going to go home and play the latest Pets expansion for it. I did not own the game at all, but I figured a simple white lie could start the ball rolling on what would definitely be the start of a glorious relationship with the girl of my 14-year-old <laughs> oh, no. self's dreams. The plan worked. <laughs> Too well, if anything. We traded stories about our virtual Sims families, all mine made up, <laughs> of course, oh from the God. from the limited knowledge so I had of the game. Yeah, it is a little bit, isn't it? <laughs> it's like the Netflix series You, this. Um, <laughs> a few weeks later, and we've become good friends, talking on and off about the game. Things were going great until one day when she suggested she come round mine and after school someday to see the new house I'd been boasting about building in the game. I panicked. On one hand, I was terrified she'd finally discover my lie, that I'd never actually played The Sims and had been making things up all along. But on the other, I was a geeky teenage boy with a girl who actually wanted to come round his house. How could I say no? I did what any hormone-driven boy my age would do, stole £40 from his mum's purse. Jesus. Oh Biked. my god, this is like... This is absolutely shocking. Biked. This is... Forget Games Court. This is actual court. <laughs> I have a question about the te- a technicality question on this, Matthew. I'll get to it at the end. But uh, biked to game and managed to get a cheap pre-owned Sims 2 and annoyingly full-priced Pets expansion. Um, I assume this is the game in uh, Ferrum as well, which um, just um, as a place I kind of remember, I think it should be pulped really just for the Ferrum factor, but let's carry on anyway. In two days, I managed to learn the ins and outs of the game, enough to convince her I'd actually been playing it and build the house I've been bragging about for so long. I'm not sure what I was actually expecting to happen when she did come round, for her to take one long, long look at my lovingly rendered German Shepherd and instantly fall in love with both the dog and me, perhaps. Alas, she did not. Watching someone cluelessly click around on a Sims 2 game is hardly the best setting for a romance. Still, months later, I eventually went back to the game and learned to love it for what it is, a, wa- a fun, wacky life simulator. And not what I thought it would be, an instant aphrodisiac for a girl well out of my league. I leave my fate in your hands, Judge Castle. That's from Danny Mann. I mean... I am glad I read all that out now. It was good. Um, I will say, though, this obviously happened so long ago, Matthew. Has the statute of games court limitations not expired on this one? It's like 20 years at this point. No, I don't think so. Not like the rules are different on Castle Island. Oh, yeah, there's no time, um, is there? There's no concept yeah, of time. Yeah, so we bet everything, everything happened at once and never. <laughs> You're like the Flash in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah. It's very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> um... So yeah, this is this has happened. This is yet to happen. Also, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's a great story, kind of sinister. Yeah, I and mean, it's sort of sweet but sinister. I mean, I can't really endorse stealing money from your mum. Didn't I swear the Red Alert Two story involved getting your mum to buy you something as well? I feel like your mum is the true victim of all your anecdotes. Ma- yeah, I-, I want to kind of know if there's any consequences from the mum because if I stole forty pounds from my mum, she would not forgive me. Like she would be like fucking livid that would be yeah that would be i I would have been in big time trouble 
Yeah, I never did anything like that. The worst thing I ever did was spend money she gave me to buy a book on, like, a biscuit at school, and she was furious. And she, <laughs> she screamed at me for that, so I can't imagine <laughs> taking 40 quid to go buy an expansion for The Sims 2. Um, and it's, oh, yeah. my God, it's got really shit Jack and the Beanstalk. <laughs> this is just what growing up in, like, <laughs> working-class gospel was like, Matthew. I gave you that money to buy a book, and you spent it on this magic biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear um Um, i mean yeah like if i'd stolen that kind of money the punishment i received i would never have grown up to be the dictator on a mad island um (laughs) so you know that i can't really comprehend i just think there are too many sinister elements to this story for me to endorse it yeah it's got it's got like it's got like horny straight teenage male stuff like it's that's just awful no matter what do you know what I mean like it it like I I have very clear memories of being in junior school and like fibbing about games to friends to try and impress them like I can kind of feel some sympathy in terms of like you're just desperate to impress people with access to things and like maybe reading games mags and then recycling their opinions as my own of like oh I've played that blah blah blah. But even with that in mind, uh, you can't steal from your mum. That can't be the message of this podcast. Nah, kill him. I reckon kill him. And your mum can have the bottle of wine to remember you by. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Mann can take that and uh, enjoy And that. that's got to be worth £40. I mean, just as a kind of like <clears throat> creepy like novelty item, um, you could probably sell it on some evil version of eBay for lots of money. <laughs> Uh, dark web eBay is that a thing? I don't oh, know. Oh, Matthew Castle Island is a thing. I mean, dark web is just what the web is uh, <laughs> on Matthew Castle Island. <laughs> yeah, that's where you can also buy the um, drowned young men from um, the Black of Pain. <laughs> oh <thing>. my god, <laughs> Megaly cursed. <laughs> yeah, uh, so there you go. Yeah, uh, yeah, you popped. There you go. Um, so, yeah, I look forward to that bottle hitting the dark web eBay um, with the uh, seller name um, Alno69. That'll be... Um, I look forward to that. Also, write in again and tell us what your mum did after this because I'm really curious about the consequences of, like, stealing £40 from your mum to buy a Sims expansion. This guy deserves it for love. Uh, no, that's not Would love, Would that story though. be better if you ended up with, like, and that, that girl is now my wife? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it, it kind of needed that level of payoff in order to forgive the action, I think. Um, but I didn't. So, uh, yeah. Um, we met over a huge lie. It's quite a nice origin story. If anything, I just wish you had someone in your life to explain to you this girl isn't really interested in you. Like, that's the, what you really needed here, not the Sims 2 <laughs> expansion. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, mate, if you're working this hard, it's not worth it. It's not ha- It's not going to happen. Just, like, uh, just come back. Like, try again in, like, four years with a... You know, when you're a bit more of a well-rounded human, not when you're 14. She's just using you for your virtual Great Dane. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next up. Um, This one's a lot shorter. Watch your honey bunches. Um, Oh, no, this is the one that's on email, Matthew. I have to get you to read this email. This is Exhibit M. So this is from Hyperplay RPG on um, on, uh, via email. So... Uh, watch honey bunches firstly thank you for hours of oral pleasure uh that's au oral very good glad you're monetizing this thing about time i for one will be subscribing to your weekly offering that's good coming april 1st Uh, it's not a joke the uh that's when the patreon will launch um that isn't in his email (laughs) you saying that yeah it is yeah it's a a bad way to reveal the date isn't it uh for someone who for somebody who works as a pr professionally it's like that's i I promise you my work my work at frontier is a lot better than that i promise you um (laughs) 
love the idea that they announced the Xbox sort of accidentally before coming on stage at E3. Oh, Games Court, please may Matthew hand down a gravelly gavel-based judgment on the merits or lack thereof of buying uh, Super Famicom games just for the boxes, manuals, and oh my giddy gumdrops maps, example. Um, and then they submit a picture of a game that uh, called Lennus. looks like Enus um, on the box. Um, uh, I won't be playing Lennus despite my over-bloated uh, ten- pretensions of pan-JRPG expert- expertry. It costs £11.50 delivered from you know where ebay um so kind of like an obscure uh, uh snares rpg there matthew um, paladin's quest in the west oh really okay uh, a waste of diminishing funds but these boxes give me the warm fuzzies when i look at them Ooh, and there is a there is quite a beautiful array of um uh, japanese copies of games there including Ooh. um uh, treasure hunter g and uh Gun Hazard, Wonder Project, Star Ocean. The, the original uh, Liver, Live Alive, Liver Live. Yep, that's cool. Final Fantasy V there as well. So um, that's, that is, uh, those are some nice looking boxes. I admittedly saw that and went, oh. Um, and look here, here being below, if it's good enough, the legendary Will Overton rule golden, right? Um, so that well, it attaches a, a tweet from Will that has a bunch of the same games in in that image. Um, right. Eddie Road, as much as I respect Judge Castle, I don't need his validation. Though, let's face it, it would be nice and reside just above the birth of my two sons and just below kissing Iggy Pop's bleeding head at the Albert of the Royal Albert Ooh. Hall. I think my point is, I'm going to keep spunking cash on these long little rectangular boxes of delight. Love you both, and hope this dribble is at least good enough for getting you over the games hold, uh, games court threshold. There's a load of other stuff there, Matthew, but I think we're done with the games court element. So, um, what do you think of this? I think it's fine to buy uh, like a Japanese copy of the game for this price from the box art. It's quite nice. What do you think? Game purchase as cosmetic thing for the map and the art and the look of the thing. I get that. I bought some. Um... Yeah, Famicom games from Super Potato when I went over on a press trip. It's kind of a rite of passage. Those boxes are just so much more beautiful than ours. What we had. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of on board on board with it. I just saw actually on this email there's a PS where he says he doesn't like the sandwich chat. Now that is Oh, I, I missed mean, that. That's a risky move, that, considering your life is in our hands. Yeah, that is like dangerous, I would say. But let's let's keep it to the games. Quoting Will Overton, knowing that correctly you would never pulp your heroes uh that's what they say <laughs> um and he's right but this isn't will overton right in the email i'm assuming yeah i i think i'm actually gonna let this go don't think if it is paladin's quest i think it's paladin's quest i don't think that's meant to be much cop but like you said he's not even gonna play it pretty brazen but he likes the box yeah this is fine yeah okay. not guilty okay all right so we're still at six and a half dead um yeah, the, I just read that PS, actually. It was like, basically, I always skip the first 10 minutes of the podcast. It's like, oh, cheers. Because uh, you talk about sandwiches. It's... Now, normally I would pop someone instantly for that, but I'm going to be the bigger judge. <laughs> uh, the largest judge available. Um... Oh, I'm a huge judge. Two large judges play Elden Ring. <laughs> uh, so next up, I will say, um, when people send in images, it's really annoying because the podcast is in audio form, so the people at home can't see them. Um so uh, I will say that there's like, there's like limits to that format. I much prefer the text ones. Oh, I love I love it when the defence chastises the clients for, for supplying more physical evidence to help make their case. It's really good. It's like, oh, I've got this thing here that proves I was in the bar on the night of the murder, and they're like, oh yeah, but I don't like visual aids. I say, yeah, but this is this is the thing which proves that I'm innocent, sir. It's like, no, 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 don't worry. 
Just yeah. pop in the press. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, again, terrible, again, terrible lawyer. <laughs> I am committed to justice in any any form it takes. So, okay, um, this is from Andy DeWild um, uh, for Exhibit N. Um, this is, of course, about the DS game right here. Attaches a picture of uh, Oktoberfest, the official game on Nintendo oh, DS. My word. Available in five languages. Um, and, like, I mean, I will post an image of this on Twitter because it is genuinely funny. There's a picture of a pretzel, uh, an accordion, um, beer, and a woman in what I would say is a very stereotypical kind of, like, you know, a kind of german beer themed outfit just quite embarrassing um and so when you look up the game it's it looks quite dodge as you'd expect uh kind of like flash game sort of material there's uh but there's more text here which is quite fun um uh, all i can say in my own defense is i have a terrible sense of humor so when i saw this game randomly pop up uh, as i was browsing through ds games i might have missed originally only way to get this one, if only just to have it in my collection as something to laugh at. A bit like when I discovered um, the the Yakuken special on the Sega Saturn, which is basically a strip Yankin game, brackets rock, paper, scissors. Not because of the nudity specifically, yeah, right, but really because I'm a huge Sega Saturn fan and the game is <laughs> oh, so yeah. incredibly dumb and ridiculous. I read Playboy for the article. <laughs> Uh, so incredibly uh, dumb and ridiculous that I felt my Saturn collection would never be complete without it. It's true that this was like a major component of uh, what was going on on Saturn. Um, come to think of it, if I'm not getting killed for Oktoberfest, the Yakukin special might do me in. Anyway, hope it's all over quick. Um, that's quite a fun one, Matthew. Oktoberfest the game, thoughts? I've never even heard of it. Didn't cross paths with this when I was on Endgamer. Um... Wasn't a cover on a particularly bad month then. <laughs> No, I imagine. Um, just based on the cover, it looks it looks quite cursed. I, mean, I don't know if I want a licensed tie-in for just the concept of Oktoberfest. Nah. Um, I'm not sure if it's something I need to kind of experience in, in virtual form. I just don't think... Making a game about the pleasure of a drink just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it, There's no way a game could tap into what any drink is like. That's really bad news. So is this rock, paper... Scissors one also in part of the pitch. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it has to go as one because uh, there's like a yeah, basically a Saturn sort the of. The thing like, is, it's got these really nice like wholesome women on the back. Right, they just all look like kind like aunts. It's quite <laughs> sweet. The box is quite nice. The box has got like a very nice energy to it. It right. doesn't say like this is going to be smutty. I think it's like a mobile game that was ported to DS or like uh, something like that from what I can discover. Yeah, like almost, it almost passes the the same test as the last one of just like, oh, here's an interesting box to have in your collection. I don't know. It's a, a rock, paper, uh, scissors game where like ladies take their clothes off. I don't I know. I mean, if that, there you is know. that. Yeah, there is that. I am basing this too much on the box. Remember, this is not a horny podcast, Matthew. This I'd... is not a horny. Yeah, I mean, Matthew Castle Island is very puritanical. <laughs> Um, yeah, they love the MCU because no one ever had sex in the MCU. Oh yeah, oh, that October just fest looks. It looks like semi-cursed enough to be worth pulping. But you know, if the rock paper scissors game goes missing from core evidence, who can say what happened to it? <laughs> Wario probably took it. Is he here? Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. When anything dodgy happens in Ireland, I just blame it on Wario. <laughs> <laughs> that's how justice really works here um, yeah. yeah um and in, institutional anti-wario sentiment um okay that's seven and a half dead so as a reminder nine is what it takes to um 
for someone to die. So it's I such love a... it if the half pushes it over. <laughs> what another half? Sub? Yeah, it's like oh, sorry, your legs have got to go. Um, all right. Um, oh, I'm feeling pretty good about this one. Exhibit O. Good afternoon, Judge Castle. My submission for Games Court is Resident Evil 5. I brought a PS3 when the PS4 was just out and the prices were dropping. Grabbed some second-hand games with it as well. So this would have been in 2013-2014. One of these was Resident Evil 5. I don't know the exact price, but I think it was around £7. I've never so much as opened the case. Given how it's generally regarded now, I'm not sure if my never playing it works in my defence or not. I respectfully await judgement. Uh, keep up the great work on the pod, unless you sentence me to a horrible death, in which case I won't be here to enjoy it, so feel free to let it go off the rails. Thanks, Ian. Um, yeah, so Resident Evil 5, Matthew, uh, we've established on a previous episode that I I like this game, while acknowledging it has some problematic elements. Uh, <laughs> I always awkwardly talk around that, but people know what I'm talking about when I say that. Um, the eggs, right? <laughs> so many thro- egg throwing. Just um, the Chris Redfield's biceps are just unrealistic. That's an unrealistic body standard for men. Um, Need egg. <laughs> <laughs> Give me an egg. That's it, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, Resident Evil 5, Matthew, on PS3. Um, I mean, yeah. so again, I'm going to use the word churlish. The churlish part of me thinks, well, you're emotionally attached to this, and it would be like funny to undermine defence's confidence by pressing someone for this particular game that would be funny. like if i'm playing mind games with you um but that hinges on the idea that i see you as the person who is saving a lot of these people which we've established just isn't true <laughs> uh, like that just isn't your relationship with your clients no. um, <laughs> that takes that off the table i i like i like all of these sort of over the shoulder resi games um I'm, you know to varying degrees i think we've celebrated this too much on the podcast to execute someone for it Yep, agreed. So, yep, you um you will live um uh Ian. <laughs> you will you will live on. Okay, cool. Uh, so seven and a half dead. We're nearing the end here. Um exhibit P. Good afternoon. Uh hang on a minute. Have I just like copied and pasted the same one twice? I have. Matthew, there's actually like only 17 here. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Which actually makes the stakes higher for me. Oh no, that's terrible. Um, okay, exhibit Q. Let's, let's pretend that never happened. After having discovered the podcast back in April last year and consequently binging all the episodes until I was up to date, brackets the first time I had a week to wait for the next episode was genuinely disappointing, a testament to the great content you guys make. I found myself going down a rabbit hole of DS games. One of the genuine joys I received from this was rediscovering Hotel Dusk Room 215, which I had previously owned back in 2007 and played during the summer before my second year of uni. I never actually finished it back then, um, and for some unknown reason, I'd left my DS at home while I went back to study. There it remained for a couple of years until a new game came out that sparked my interest in the console again. Uh, He couldn't remember what that game was. So the next time I was home, I went to dig it out. (laughs) To my horror, I found out my mum had given my DS and games to charity since I wasn't using them anymore. This was something I had purchased, by the way, not a gift, and thus ended my relationship with the console for good. I thought you were going to say, thus ended my relationship with my mother. (laughs) I, mean, I kind of understand. Um, I've never let her forgive that to this day, and so it brought me great childish joy that when going down this rabbit hole, I was actually staying with her a few, for a few months and could show her some of the things I had to rebuy. <laughs> I'm clearly trying to delay my sentencing, um, so I'll no longer insult the Honourable Mr. Justice Castle and submit my evidence for judging. Didn't get their name there, Matthew. Um, anonymous. They'll just be John Doe here. Um, mm-hmm. None of the wine bottles have got labels, so it's fine. <laughs> This is like the easiest one yet, I think, because it's Hotel Dusk, a game you like. They've played it before. The only reason they lost it is because it was like, you know, the the mum gave it away to charity. What's your take on this one? I mean, that was careless. 
to uh, to allow that situation to come to be by leaving it at home. Yeah, that is true. Like, Two do years. We, do we do we do this as just a moral lesson for the people of Matthew Castle Island about taking care of your possessions? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. hey, it would add a bit of drama. What can I say? It would add a bit of drama, but at the same time, I can't pulp someone for Hotel Dusk. Nah. Like, there's not like a... There isn't really a flip side to this one. It's not like Hotel Dusk and the Sonic RPG or whatever. <laughs> to bring up a previous example. Uh, you know, if that was it, then it'd be like... Then we got a half and half again. Um <laughs> No, you you were saved by the press. Uh, you know, you f- you found Judge Castle's weak spot. Yeah, if it was Hotel Dusk and like you know your Kai Watch Three or something, then uh, it might be a bit trickier. But um, um, Exhibit R. Hi guys, I went through my eBay purchases and I think I've got two that are interesting artifacts and or likely to get me thrown in a pit. If only that was the uh, the punishment. Unfortunately, it's not. It's much worse than that. I wonder how many people would have sent things in if they knew that they were going to get pulped if yeah. they failed. That's a question, Matthew. Does the game get pulped with them? Um, like, do the purchases go oh, into? Well, I mean, that might be unpleasant for the drink, for the wine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, human flesh, not and bone, not necessarily. <laughs> well, you're gonna ignore that. <laughs> it's, it, it gets turned into a very fine wine. It's like, oh, I've got a bit of X Files uh, resist or serve in my. Uh... But I'll tell you what, the, all the games they go in the pot with arms. That's what's inside the pot with arms. <laughs> right. Okay. Um... He's just full of shit pre-owned <laughs> games. That's what happens if you kill one in Elden Ring. It just spills <laughs> out terrible old copies of Tony Hawk's Downhill Jam. It's like, wow, if, <laughs> so Flicky's Island is in here. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, That's weird. <laughs> yeah, very strange. Explain that in a 10-hour lore video. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... Um, hi guys, I went through my lockdown eBay purchases. Uh, here's two that are interesting. First up is Star Trek Starship uh, Creator Warp 2 for four ninety nine. a very graphically basic game where you customise a Starfleet vessel, crew them up with even the most minor characters from the shows and movies, and send them off on various missions. What was the subtitle of that one? Uh, Starship Creator Warp 2. Oh, I thought you said S- Star Trek Creator Warp. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> a game where you make a warp? Like, that sounds amazing. That's got a bit of the old kind of, like, um, uh, sort of Dynasty Warriors subtitle energy to it. Um, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Okay. Um, this is mostly represented with text in a 2D map, although the ships themselves can be displayed as 3D models and even imported into uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine Dominion Wars. I'm not sure I call it a good game, but it will sort of run on Windows 10 if you install an ancient version sort of QuickTime. Of. <laughs> If you would install an ancient version of QuickTime, how cursed. And I have <laughs> and I had fun streaming it with some friends and debating what um what to, what missiles to put on our, our constitution class. Samuel might be interested to know that some of the mission text was done by comics writer Peter David. Yeah, he's a very talented uh, comics writer. Um second is DS launch title Project Rub, also four ninety nine, which I think one of you or a guest actually mentioned in passing on a recent episode. All I remembered about it was the surprisingly horny box art and title. Still better than the American name, Feel the Magic, um, XY slash XX. So I bought it on a whim. I was surprised to find that it was A, made by Sonic Team, and B, far more surreal than horny. The humour and art style mostly make up for it being a collection of fairly standard swipe the screen and blow, and blow into the microphone uh, early DS minigames. I was fairly certain that ordering it... Uh, was signing my own games called Death Warrant, but having played it for 90 minutes or so, I think it's actually defensible. MGC gave it 4 out of 5, and it did seemingly did well enough to get a sequel. If that doesn't uh, persuade you, I'd just like to add that the same old DS game kick has also resulted in my picking up a copy of Hotel Dusk, 
I'd oh, love to live go. to play it. How many copies of this game have you sold on this podcast, Matthew? Um, thanks, Alistair. That's a with ad on Discord. So we've got three games there, Matthew. Hotel Dusk, Project Rub, and a Star Trek game I've never heard of. Well, uh, let's let's remove Hotel Dusk from the equation, because I don't really think that's what's properly on trial here. So we've, both, we've come back to a situation where there's like one questionable thing and one... Well, I don't know if, know if any of these are like slam dunks, but um, and I'm going to have to Google oh. that Star Trek game. I don't really, I don't know the Star Trek game. It sounds boring <laughs> to me, based on that email. It was made by Simon and Schuster Interactive. Like that, <laughs> that's like buying a game that Encarta made. Do you know what I mean? Who's your favourite game developer? Dorling Kinsley, of course. <laughs> Penguin Random House. You led a sheltered childhood. Uh. <laughs> it's got, bit, it's got a bit of the old. Um, uh, like a Simpsons uh, virtual Springfield energy to it as a kind of like you might see it in the educational section maybe well there's so there's that the thing is with the Project Rob that game actually has like a really good Sega energy and it's like a pure Sega energy it's like that it, it, it's it's the mad arcade bit of Sega which doesn't get like indulged massively outside of Monkey Ball which is quite stale now I think you know, back then it's kind of hectic and silly and it looks a bit salacious, but it's actually just daft. I actually think that's the winner of the, bu- well, Hotel Dusk aside, I think I think Project Rob's actually a, a, a interesting curio that is worth having. It's the kind of thing you could crack out in the future because it is quite pick up and play and strange and you might want to show someone a whim of like, you know, you may think DS was all brain training and all that, but actually, look, there was this kind of stuff too and it was quite odd. I feel like I want to saving from the pulping because of that even though that star trek thing sounded dire um, <laughs> um i will say i've looked up that star trek thing um uh, maximum pc uh listed it as one of its lemons of the year for 20 uh, for 2000 <laughs> saying it's worse than a hangover from drinking too much romulan ale i mean that is i mean that is severe again we've only got one person here haven't we we've only got it's not like i can put half of them in there wait didn't he say the name of a comic book writer yeah peter david and we could put him in. That's a bit unfair. That that, that guy's like, a, a, you know, he would have just done this as a freelance assignment. He didn't commission yeah, the game. he's more involved with the... He, if anyone is involved with the Star Trek bit of this specifically, it's him. Yeah, but I don't think it's the Star Trek bit that's like the bad bit. I think it's just the game itself. It got 45% on game rankings. Um, I do Peter David's written like... He's a writer of um, uh, the X Factor, very good X-Men comic. And um, he's has, has some solid Spider-Man books. He wrote the book Fallen Angel, which is really good for IDW. I can't let Peter David go in there, Matthew. Oh, man. Save it for comic book court. <laughs> is that also Matthew Castle uh, presiding? <laughs> yes. Or your dad? Your dad comes for that one. Yeah, my dad Well, my dad sort of sits there and, and kind of pats me on the back and <laughs> gives me like moral support and agrees with me. And, you know. <laughs> Basil Pesto um, Senior, yeah. I mean, the thing is, though, we can't actually defer to comic book court because he would already be pulped <laughs> and he can't put a bottle of wine on trial. So this guy is pulped then, yeah? Uh, no, this guy isn't pulped. Okay. Uh, I really wanted to pulp the comic book writer, but you're right, it wouldn't be fair. No, I don't think so. Okay, seven and a half. Then I think then the worst that can go for me at this point, because eight and a half is, te- is technically half um, here. So basically 50% is as bad as it can get for me, Matthew, because we've reached the final one here. So it's, okay. it's gone okay in the second half here. This is quite a good one to finish, actually, because it's a fucking load of DS games in a row. Uh, this is from Jonathan, uh, our exhibit S, I think we're on. I've got the no- I've got the letters mixed up with the numbers. This is just the last one, okay? Then the, the podcast is basically over. Um, Nintendo DS Lite White, uh, 1999. 
It was filthy, but upon cleaning it, it's actually in mint condition, aside from the curse-stained um, covered pink case it came in and a Spanish learning game that was still in there. <laughs> Jesus, what an artifact that is. Um, the games, in order of price paid, um, Cookie and Cream, five ninety nine. dollars um, Hotel Dusk Room, two one five nine ninety nine. Um, Dragon Quest Nine, uh, thirteen ninety nine. Lost in Blue, fourteen pounds. Another code, Two Memories, fourteen ninety nine. The Legend of Zelda: Phantom Hourglass, seventeen ninety nine. Last Window: The Secret of Cape West, thirty four ninety nine. Time Oof. Hollow, fifty nine ninety nine. Oh shit! Time Hollow, my god. <laughs> po- Pokemon Platinum version, eighty pounds. Oh. Uh, brackets. I'm not proud of this. I would like to point out that the games were all in immaculate condition, with all the manuals included. I'm sure the judging will be fair and reasonable and accept in advance the sentencing handed down upon me. Many thanks, Jonathan. Uh, Stay frothy on Discord. P.S. I did finally complete Hotel Dusk, but the other games have remained unplayed in my cupboard. Uh Uh-oh. Um, oh, that's a lot of wasted games and expensive. Thoughts, Matthew? Uh, I feel like the Pokemon Platinum and Time Hollow double... Two, one two punch there i like time hollow a lot and i have looked at that because i don't actually have a copy of that anymore because we only had a review card of it i've i've looked that up myself and i'm always like god damn it it's so expensive now to buy i don't think it's not like phoenix right amazing it's it's only a seven out of ten i think i gave it in in end gamer but i do like it a little time travel kind of um <laughs> visual novel kind of puzzle adventure thing there's so many good games in the mix I just, that is so expensive for pokemon platinum it is. It is. That is what it costs, though. It's just. I know, like... but that is. I just don't buy it. I mean, isn't that the? Isn't that fu- like joking aside? When we push aside all the bullshit, isn't that fundamentally what Games Court is about? It's about whether we think the quality of the thing is worth its overinflated price now. Basically, yeah. I mean, what is this? What is this episode format about? If it's not for drowning young men who've bought Pokemon games. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's that's the superficial read on it. Yeah. That it's about pulping young men. I will <laughs> I will say in a sl- <laughs> in a slight defence, right? Pokemon Platinum is considered the definitive version of that generation of um, yeah. of those games. Um, like and and the 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 differences they made to it weren't incorporated into the recent um, Diamond and Pearl redos that they did. So it is kind of a singular thing. There's not really another way to sort of play it or enjoy it. So. I don't know. I, that's maybe a weak source defense to you, Matthew. But that I will point out that was probably the logic to buying it. But eighty quid is a lot of money. The cover monster on Pokemon Platinum is so shit. That's like a kind of wormy thing, right? With like an like it looks like it's got an exposed rib cage. I think isn't it got like lots of spokes coming off it? It's no Bulbasaur. I'll say that. Like yeah. I like pretty much all of those games. I just don't care for Pokemon Platinum because I don't really care for Pokemon. What are we? What Lost in Blue is one we've not talked about. What's all that about? Almost a precursor to the survival games, which are you know are now massive. You know, it's 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 almost like a slightly rougher Don't Starve. Right. You know, okay. you're washed up on a desert island. Uh, I think there's like a hunger and sleep meter, that kind of stuff. But it was sort of doing that before loads of other people were doing that. And it was about like getting a little foothold and kind of pushing deeper into the island. Lost in Blue, they're, they're okay. They're, you know, a little rough around the edges, but they're kind of interesting. Like that's one of the more interesting games in the mix. That and Time Hollow. That to me, that's kind of, those are good like pre-owned games because... Everyone knows your Zelda's good or whatever, but it's it's the it's the seven out of tens that that we're interested in. That isn't that isn't heinous. Read through your list again. Okay, um, Cookie and Cream five ninety nine. Oh fuck, whatever the fuck that is. I think I do know what that is. Isn't it like it's not terrible, right? Isn't it like a platformer or something? Like it's 
that was definitely in like a reviews roundup in Endgamer. Let's see, kind of like sixes out of ten. The Adventures of Cookie, uh, Cookie and Cream. It started as a PS2 game, was ported a from software game. Matthew, does that change your mind on it at all? It got like basically like sixes and a, a sevens from a seven from Eurogamer on DS. Oh uh, no! Unfortunately, doing our due diligence, I just looked at the cover art and saw what the characters look like. <laughs> just terrible. It's, terrible character designs it's, it's bumpy it's no Elden Ring let's put it that way um, Hotel uh, so we've got Cookie no, Cream 599 Hotel Dust no that was that's that's dumb that's in the bin okay so he's he's okay so we've got Hotel Dust Room 215 um Dragon Quest 9 1399 uh, Lost in Blue 14 pounds another Code mm-hmm. 2 Memories 1499 The Legend of Zelda Ooh, Phantom Hourglass a- another Code 2 Memories uh, that's what I wrote when I went to interview, I had to do a timed review, and that's what I reviewed in my Endgamer interview. Perfect. The kind of like personal whim bullshit that sways this court one way or the other. That's good. Um, yeah, Phantom Hourglass, $17.99. Last Window, $34.99. Um, Time Hollow, $59.95. Pokemon Platinum, £80. The DS Lite was $19.99, which is pretty good. That is so expensive for the Pokemon Platinum. I can't really get over that. <laughs> this is the one you're really going back and forth on. You're struggling with this one, I can tell. Well, because it's got it's got heat. I, I think there's just too many games in there. He somehow found he bought so many good games that he's managed to counteract the what I think is. But I wouldn't I wouldn't spend eighty pounds. Oh no, eighty pounds broke on play. I think that's mad. And people may say, well, that's what it's worth now. It's like it isn't though it isn't actually worth that you know <laughs> just because the, the people have you know, convinced themselves it is like the people are wrong that is wrong <laughs> that is i should press it but i'm not going to oh. i tell you what i'm going to do i am going to put pokemon platinum in the press <laughs> okay um, not in the pot not the little pot man um he doesn't get one <laughs> no i don't want it I, d- I wouldn't wish that on him he doesn't need to have that in him <laughs> Okay, so does that mean does it count as a win for me or not? That counts as a win. Okay. I mean, like it, it would be a like a point one of a loss, and it, it doesn't like the numbers don't make any sense. Okay, so we've got seven and a half dead. Um, I actually do have one more here, Matthew. I forgot about. So Ooh. this is technically the final one. Um, love the podcast. Uh, this is from uh, Isaac uh, Gallagher. I love the podcast. Figured I would send on my recent eBay purchase a 3ds XL Blue for seventy three pounds. Uh, with the recent announcement of Nintendo closing down the eShop, I picked this up to future-proof myself. I think this is an astute purchase currently. I should not admit this in front of Judge Castle, but I will be jailbreaking the hell out of it. Oof. Thank you. Oh. Thank you for all you do. I'm a judge! <laughs> Looking forward to the Patreon coming soon. Cheers. Um, I think 73 quid is reasonable. I think the DS, 3DS prices went out of control during the pandemic, Matthew, as, um, as all things did. So I don't think that's too bad. What do you make of that one? Yeah, and that's that sounds decent. It's a smart move getting one now so that you can buy all the 3DS games legally. You you scoundrel! Matt, I must admit, I'm not mad about the XL, the 3DS XL itself. I I would probably take the regular 3DS over it. I know I'd go for a new 3DS if I can, but the XL itself, the bigger screen, yes, but everything gets blown out a bit. And these games were a little a little rough to begin with. They look quite rough, blown up. I think. Oh, it's never big into it. But that's a good price for a console which has got so much good stuff. It's a gateway to a load of amazing stuff. Come on. We're not we're not pulping that. Okay, fair enough. In which case You couldn't you couldn't pulp the three DS XL because it's so fucking big and unwieldy. You couldn't <laughs> actually get it in the great press. <laughs> I've got a uh, incidentally, I think I've got a, like a two DS, a new two DS uh Excel or something these days, and that's a nice that's a nice like late um hardware revision by Nintendo. Um okay, good. Uh in which case 
seven and a half are dead, Matthew, and the um, the rest are still alive. So um, another victory for the uh, law firm of uh, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuels. Um, so yeah, seven and a half dead—that's a victory for you, is it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean we've um, we've drafted the template to go out to the um, the deceased family um and uh and the and the packaging for the wine as well that's been arranged um i think you should have to have those seven and a half bottles of wine on a shelf in your office <laughs> to see if to look at them and know what you did that's good yeah well that's good because that makes me look classy you know because it's like Mer- merlot and like a malbec and a rioca it's like well, a- unlabeled seven and a half unlabeled ambiguous bottles <laughs> People are like, oh, glassy, rather than sinister. On, on Matthew Castle Island in my law shack, that that counts as classy. Um, so I think that's okay. So, um, yeah, victory for me. Um, so, Matthew, we now travel to Samuel Roberts Peninsula Ooh. for to put you on trial. Um, I have no idea what you've got to present here, but you said... I want to put some put myself on trial this time to give people the context of what it's like here. Is this part of Matthew Castle Island? Uh, no, this is like a separate island territory. It's like <laughs> okay. it's next to Marlon Brando's island. Um, it's like <laughs> it, yeah, it's kind of like a, a sort of like just a kind of rogue state, basically. Okay. Um, the entire place has been catamaried. So we're all living in a like hellish ball world where ev- where shit is stuck together. Uh, it's chaos trying to get here, trying to land at an airport. It's just really hard because the whole the airport's kind of like on the other side of the big ball thing. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> so that's tough for you coming in here. So uh, okay, so are you ready for who's in the courtroom, Matthew? Or maybe oh, should... right. I mean, please. Yeah. Okay. So um, the pot man from Elden Ring's actually here. <laughs> Um, but... God, he's here as well. <laughs> <laughs> he's gotten stuck outside the courtroom, though. Um, actually, can someone go hit him in the arse with the great sword? Cheers, thank you for that. Um, we've got Waluigi as a thematically appropriate counterpoint to uh, Wario on Matthew Castle Island. Um, uh, Larry Butts from Phoenix Wright is doing community service here. He sort of just helps around the courtroom. Um, Johnny Sasaki from Metal Gear Solid Four, Guns of the Patriots, is at the back of the courtroom shitting in a barrel. Um, <laughs> And the elected governor here is Gene from Godhand. Um, so, nice. Yeah. This is quite a... Well, I was going to say this is quite a classy island, but then I forgot that your courtroom literally has a man shitting in a barrel. <laughs> so I take that back. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, on this kind of hellish Katamari world. I'm um, actually feeling pretty good about Matthew Castle Island as I look around <laughs> your courtroom. The living standards are maybe are quite low here since the Katamari disaster happened. Because <laughs> of the whole, we're all in a ball thing. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not, it's sub, it's suboptimal. You can try and brush that under the carpet as much as you want. <laughs> it's suboptimal, I'll be honest. Um, so, um, what the, the punishment, if you are found guilty, Matthew, um, you will have to complete Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy with a single life. Um, if you fail, you then have to complete the complete the game again with a single life. For each failure um, to do this, it stacks. So you may spend the rest of your life um, uh, doing this, basically playing Crash Bandicoot, the remaster, the trilogy, trying to beat it with a single life. Any I would, thoughts? On I that? would rather be pulped. <laughs> well, we don't we don't have um, a sort of like a, any kind of like pulp function here. Like basically, all Why of the. Why have you created yourself such an unpleasant place to live? <laughs> Well, I, I made a place where I was the king and could make it in my own image, and it's amazing. But it's you've, a, you've doomed yourself to like a horrible ball. With well, no, because like the, the before the Katamari thing happened, this was a land of great culture and like <laughs> and, and, and art, and like it was a beautiful, wonderful place to live with high living standards. But the Katamari <laughs> thing just spelled disaster, really, wow. and we're all kind of reeling I mean. from it. Um, everything. I'm being, sorry. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. You know, like it's it's really hard to leave here as well. There's like. 
you know, you need a lot of permits to get like unstuck from the ball, basically, and be allowed to leave. So that's tough. Um, so, Matthew, why don't you run me through your exhibits? I bought an Xbox copy of Knights of the Old Republic 2 for £10. Okay. This was when, I believe, Knights of the Old Republic 2 came to back compat, or I became aware that it was back compat on Xbox. Um, I hope it's not in Game Pass. No, it's not. Phew. I haven't played it. It's been sitting on my dining room table for about six months now. And I just felt I should play it because it kept coming up in the podcast and I don't have any uh, wisdom to share on it. And so I figured I'd give it a go yeah. to be able to have, uh, you know, better better chat next time it came up. Yeah, I, I kind of thought, so the Star Wars episode is kind of on hold too. I, I feel like we're in the right place for it because it'll be a monster, that one. Um, yeah. And I, I think more research needs to be done. Um, for context uh, for the listeners, in, in the courtroom, um, basically... Um, Johnny Johnny stopped shitting when uh, Matthew said KOTOR 2, but then he started <laughs> shitting again, like, more loudly when you said you hadn't played it. So that's, like, a thing that everyone's having to deal with in the courtroom at the moment. Oh, that's great. It's, it's, it's bad in that barrel, man. Like, it's tough in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's bad in that barrel. That is an understatement of the year. <laughs> okay, so... um. So what we're going to do is we're going to forgive this one. Um, we think the, I think that £10 is a good price for this, um, for an Xbox copy. I can see the appeal of playing on Xbox as well. Like You can get a PC copy and a mobile copy quite easily, but there's just something about having the original, I think. Um, that is a beautiful box art as well on that, um, on that game. Um, so you are forgiven, sir. Um, what's exhibit B? It's a £3 copy of Sherlock Holmes Mystery of the Mummy for DS. Okay, so you've made a mistake here, which is you've established previously that there's only one good Sherlock Holmes game, um, and it is the Crimes and Punishment one. Um, so you, again, like that guy in the uh, case from earlier, um, you, in a Cloud Atlas-style way, sealed your own fate years ago when you made that <laughs> statement, and now you must pay the price. Do you have anything to say? We've got defense? different law systems. <laughs> Well, have you got anything to say in your defence for this one, Matthew? I haven't played it. <laughs> I don't know if it's any good. Apparently on Metacritic, it's not. I'm going to say it. This was just a pure vanity purchase because I thought, like, I missed a Nintendo. I missed the detective game. Wouldn't it be sort of neat if I had this detective game as like on, on a DS as a talking point? It was only £3. It was still. It's a Frogwares game. It was made by Frogwares, who would eventually go on to make a good Sherlock Holmes. Um, but yeah. there's absolutely nothing to suggest that this is a good Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> I see. I think like you've kind of like. Um, I'd say that you've let your obsession with personal branding get the better of you here, um, <laughs> thinking that you're somehow obliged to buy a DS uh, Sherlock Holmes game. That's that's like a form of madness, I think. But yeah, I think I'm going to have to call you guilty here. So you won all, Matthew. Um, okay. You're like fifty fifty now on whether you'll, um, you'll be playing Crash Bandicoot for the rest of your life. So uh, how many exhibits do you have, by the way? Only six. Oh, okay, interesting. So let's get to the next one. It's exhibit C. This was a £10 copy of Max Payne 3 on 360, which I bought after they announced all the Max Payne games were back compat on Xbox One, which was not that long ago. I got excited and went out and bought it. So excited uh, that I forgot I already owned it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Well, so I, I now have two copies of Max Payne 3. <laughs> <laughs> this is interesting, actually, because um, 
I had bought this on a uh, 360 digital store years ago and never expected it to go back compatible. So when it did, basically my Xbox One could just suddenly download it. And I thought, that's really cool. I like yeah. it when that happens. I would like to litigate this game in more depth at some point. I imagine it's going to come up in Best Games of tw- 2012. Um, mm-hmm. I've really, it, yeah, well, you know, at least in honorable mentions. Um, yeah. But um, I am fond of elements of it. It's quite frustrating, I think, as a shooter, but it's like. Uh, beautifully made, um, beautiful environments, as with all Rockstar games, has some quite nice feeling shooting. Uh, manages to do both cover and um, bullet time quite well. I think it misses the point of like the the tone, and, and it loses a lot of the kind of charm of what made Max Payne great. Um, it's what I'd say if I was the judge, um, but I'm not. <laughs> so um, yeah, like yeah, it's good, isn't it? But- <laughs> I think you could argue that like the tone of Max Payne probably needed to change when it was out of Remedy's hands. Like um, it probably needed to go in this sort of slightly different direction, that kind of Tony yeah. Scott esque direction. You do miss the kind of fun self awareness, but it has I like some of the writing in this game. I think it's quite quite fun, beautifully presented. I think some people said at the time it was kind of similar to Kane and Lynch, but I think this is a classier joint than that personally. It inspired the absolutely classic email that Andy Kelly famously got. Um, got a really angry bit of reader feedback about how much he, he hated Andy Kelly's at Max Payne review. If you look up on Twitter, uh, Ultra Brilliant and Max Payne, you'll probably find a picture of it. It really very, very funny stuff. Yeah, it was quite a divisive game, this. And I don't think it's like held, held as a classic in retrospect. Um, the fact that you own it twice, though, means that you're guilty on this one, I'm afraid. Right, okay. So it's yeah, two I mean, that makes sense. Two I, wouldn't, I wouldn't let that slide in my court. So I actually have like... I kind of respect you for that. And respect is in quite short supply on this hellish orb world. <laughs> yeah, this this court is like, uh, you know, has been l- excited about an opportunity to use your own logic against you. And so here we are where we can do that. So that's good. I'm just like, man, how the other half live? This is terrible. What a terrible place. Yeah. I, also, at the back of the courtroom right now as well, the kind of like katamari ball um logic has just caught up with the barrel so like a floating <laughs> a floating barrel of shit with a man inside is now like a thing we have to contend with so oh, just gonna great. get just gonna get like um waluigi's try and deal with that um oh man this is why you have bailiffs man <laughs> well like gene from god hand might also get involved but it's it's tough there's a lot to a lot of red tape to go through at the moment with all this um oh, tough times okay so um, next exhibit d matthew hit me up i bought uh, the original near as in not the remake or not automata uh autom- automata for uh, 12 pounds for xbox 360 because again it had gone back and pat in the last big uh dose of back and pat games I think I've talked about on this podcast before reviewing this and feeling like I maybe got it a little bit wrong or I kind of underscored it a bit or didn't kind of completely click with it. I'm not saying it was like ahead of its time or anything, but it was maybe deserving of better. So I, I, And, and the, the copy I played originally was a review copy, so I don't have access to it anymore, which is why I bought a pre-owned copy. Yep, so... Um... This court is lenient on um, Xbox back and pat. We think that's uh, we think that's a good program. Um, we think Nia is a good a good purchase. Um, like uh, it, you know, it was uh, you know front and center of our game review scores. We got wrong episode. Nia Automata is one of my favorite games of the past ten years. You could argue I had an active role in stopping it from succeeding and therefore making that sequel happen. So that's on me. Um, you are <laughs> you are not guilty, sir, of this crime. Yes. So you're two all now. Um, oh, that's good. That's good. good. How much of it did you play, by the way? What the pre-owned copy? Yeah. 
Uh, I haven't played it yet. Oh, we've already passed the verdict, though, so it's too late now. So <laughs> that's yes. bad. That's, Double uh, Jiminy. Yeah, that's uh, uh, tough. Um, okay, so what's your exhibit E, Matthew? Actually, I can't remember when this became back compat, but I only became aware of it being back compat recently, so I rebought it. Oh, it the original Xbox copy of Red Dead Revolver. Wow, tenor. that's cool. I quite like that. What's the what were you thinking here then? Are you are you going? Have you played it? Oh yeah, I did play it. I played it on PS2 back in the day and had quite fond memories of it. It was a bit more sort of sort of arcadey, and it was obviously like linear levels. It was a lot more sort of self-contained back then. I'm really very different energy to to what followed, but it's got stuff I like like shoot out in the little town and some like quirky boss characters i've not played it all the way through i have played a few levels of it so like i put it in the thing to make sure it worked basically i think this is quite a, a quite a, a fun kind of curio yeah this is a good win purchase um the court appreciates seeing uh xbox era rockstar games coming to back compat uh like manhunt for example it's nice to see those um uh future proofed on another platform that's good um, ten pounds is perfectly fine for a win purchase, sir. You are not guilty. Oh, so what's that? Three, two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you can't actually lose here. You can't. Uh, if it's fifty-fifty, you might have to complete like one Crash Bandicoot with one life. But let's see how it goes for this um, this final one. So here's an interesting one. Yeah. I bought a Wii U, but I only bought the base of a Wii U. <laughs> okay. I, no cables and no controller. I just bought the base. Right. Because I have lost my Wii U. I cannot find it. Catherine is convinced, and this is this is like really going to hurt my Nintendo cred, that I traded it in <laughs> <laughs> to get a PlayStation 4 Pro. <laughs> <laughs> and the more she says it, the more I'm like, maybe that did happen. <laughs> like, I can't find anything of my Wii U in the house. Right. I'm like, did I lend it to someone? So I was like, the eShop's coming to a close. I need to I need to get on top of this. I thought, do I want to buy a Wii U? No, we've got all the gubbins, because you can link other controllers to it. So I only need the base. So I bought just a Wii U base for £35. Okay, uh, right, interesting. Yeah. So it technically works. Yeah. It's a bit bashed up. You know, it's not going to win any beauty contests. Wii U's famously being entered in beauty contests. <laughs> also, weirdly... It's completely factory reset, but I think it must have come from a Mario Kart box set because it's got Mario Kart 8 pre-installed on it still. Nice. Bonus. So technically I got a free copy of Mario Kart 8. The downside to all this <laughs> is that I didn't transfer my Nintendo account when I got rid of my last Wii U, obviously. So I have now lost my Wii U account with oh, all my games on it. That's brutal. Oh. So I've I've literally got no I've got no Wii U digital collection, which is what was most of my games were on. Oh, that sucks. That's tough. Yeah, um, and I don't think you can reclaim it without having the original machine. Which, if I'd known, I wouldn't have traded it in for a. <laughs> oh my god, this is how much cred I'm going to lose. I traded it in for the God of War Special Edition <laughs> PS4 Pro. <laughs> Which wow. is just like, imagine a PS4 Pro, but with loads of really ugly runes all over it. <laughs> the Matthew Castle brand is unravelling in a single exhibit. I know. I, I was honestly weighing up, like, shall I just gloss over that stuff? But I thought, no, I need to justify why I bought a Wii U base for £35. Look, this court is not here to meditate on the merits of trading in a games console to get another games console that's got some bad, like, decals on it. That is not <laughs> what this court is here for. Phew. We're just here to cry... Uh, to, Try the crime in question of buying a Wii U after you trade a one in. 
I suppose before I make a verdict on this one, Matthew, what are you buying a Wii U for in 2022? So you don't have like a digital collection, like you say, and most of the games now are on Switch. So, for example, Mario Kart, that Mario Kart is worth very little because we have Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, yeah. which has all the tracks on it, and we'll soon have a load more DLC tracks. So why did you need a Wii U in 2022? I'm mainly using it for the virtual console function. I want to buy Metroid Prime Trilogy because I don't have a copy of that. Yeah, okay. I sort of, I get that. It's true that when the store's gone, you won't be able to buy that in any any other place apart from physical. Uh, yeah, and I just want to have a. I just want to have the console with a few things on it. I want to buy affordable space adventures. I want to buy the Wii U version of Year Walk. I want to buy the Pushbox game on it again. I just want to buy a few exclusive eShop games. And I thought thirty five pounds is kind of. I'm willing to pay that as a, as a shame on me for getting rid of my wii u tax yeah okay we've blown some good content there for our eventual games to download before the wii u store closes episode well but... no, there's more than that <laughs> <laughs> um oh so sorry no no it's fine um okay uh we're gonna we're gonna let that one go um because <sighs> just because this court um has previously enjoyed the um the wii u the wii draft results where metroid prime trilogy was arguably the thing that killed you so <laughs> the fact that you have now gone um to buy a console specifically to play that game works in your favor it, it appeals to Thank our vanity you. so um, i don't want to get killed twice because of metroid prime trilogy no no you are uh, free. if you can like get out of the hellish kind of like gravity pull of the katamari ball you are free to return to matthew castle island a, 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 a surviving yes. man if anything, it's easier for me to escape the ball because I've only got to take the Wii U base. If I had all the cables and the <laughs> controller, it would be a lot more bulk. Yeah, for sure. And the um, copy of uh, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy has been placed um, uh, inside the pot man's head. Um, uh, that... I thought you were going to say inside the shitty barrel. <laughs> no, no, we try not to put anything in there. We're just, you know, I-, I would put Crash Bandicoot in there. No problem. That's where he belongs. Well, look, that's you know, that's for that's for you to say. You know, this um, this court doesn't pass verdict on the quality of Crash Bandicoot. It only matches that. That's creates... literally what this court does. What? This court passes judgment <laughs> on the quality of games. Well, no, no. What we do is we create Twilight Zone style ironic punishments for the um, the defendants. Oh, um, okay. So, and we know that th- this court knows that you um, Crash Bandicoot is like your worst nightmare. So. Um, we created a um, a punishment that fit the crime, but you've been um, found not guilty. So congratulations, My, my worst nightmare is actually living on your hellish, spherical <laughs> world. So, you know, I'm fine. Well, that's good. So the um, the episode comes to an end, Matthew. Um, very long and some might say tortured uh, Games Court episode. But I think it was kind of fun, was it? Who can I really think it was say? fun. Yeah, we had some good stuff. I like the I like the creepy letter about trying to woo someone with The Sims. That was really good, yeah. Thank you for that. That was some good content. And I think we got some good pulpins. <laughs> yeah, it was solid pulpins. I'm going to enjoy those seven and a half glasses of uh, bottles of wine on my... Um, on my shelf there um to remind me of uh, my my bad lawyering um so <laughs> the podcast is over um as mentioned we are launching on patreon soon the current plan is to launch on the 1st of april um if you back us at the five pound tier at that point you should be able to unlock um, best boss battles uh, an exclusive episode that we're producing for that tier um just kind of going through the final bits and pieces of putting the patreon together now so hopefully that will launch without a hitch and that'll be good um, if you'd like to follow the podcast on twitter it's backpage pod on twitter um, you can email us at backpagegames at gmail.com. If you'd like to join our Discord, just head over to the Twitter and um, you'll see a link there in the profile. Uh, Matthew, where can people find you on social media? I'm at Mr. Basil underscore pesto. I'm Samuel W. Roberts and uh, enjoy the full version of our new theme tune by Barry Topping after this uh, this episode. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.